Here he comes. Tanya is lit, boy. She is lit. She's been working out on our deck today. And she, uh, I had, I had uh, four or five, six, I had like eight beers in the fridge here in the, our little studio. They're all gone. I don't, I had not a, nary a one of them. <laughs> she is just lit, boy. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> oh, we're alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I'm just getting the uh, link. Ain't nobody in here. Probably. I don't know. And hey, we thought about doing like a call-in portion, man, where we could, we we can set up a Google a Google phone number that's not personal and uh, take calls in during the show. Who's we? Cool. Who's we that thought about it? Y'all making plans without me now? Y'all just no, doing your I, own thing? I figured. Oh, I, got my, I got my own plans. I'm going to go into the background making business by myself. Oh, right. those, dang. Those backgrounds. I like the 3D one, man. It's like therapy. Very, for me. very Stinson. That's the Stinson Vision. This is the NWA one because uh, that's our little logo for that the little 3D glasses. So, mm -hmm. I like that. Uh, Will's got some people. Made. Got some people in the chat. Uh oh, we've showed up already. Fortson, Scooby. Yes, hell yeah. Oh, I shouldn't say hell. Probably not this early. Oh boy, what's up? We'll keep the people entertained. I'm making a tweet. Wow, making a tweet. Yeah, I'm making a tweet with the exact link to this chat. Dave Scooby, you are not a nobody. No, nobody. I was about to say, I thought I missed Fred. I need to shoot. I'm, I got to get my glasses on too, Gary. I'm getting old. Let me get my reading glasses here. I can't read the Sure, the uh, I'm sure the Fortson's going to start bullying me here in a second. Him and wrestling with the MMA over it is, but uh, oh, gang's all here. All right, nah, all right, I'll just struggle. I'll just struggle. League. Gary over to the control panel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm having to still use my work computer, and it only has enough slots that I can, uh, one for my webcam and one for my bike. So I can't use the dang mouse, and it's real frustrating. This is the part I'll trim off later. You know what I'm saying? Hey, speaking of trimming, about that uh, Manscaped, head on over to manscaped.com. Love it. Love it. That's a good what's segue. The what's the code? NWA. Wow. 
NWA Pod gets you 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Free shipping? God, that's nearly shipping for nothing. It, it's almost exactly like that. Oh. This is crazy. Turbo in the house. Uh, What's up, Turbo? Turbo! Oh. Persistent and pervasive are the terms that we use for bullying. Well, Horson, you have been persistently and pervasively bullying me since <laughs> the day we met, so you qualify. Now, Stinson, yeah, Stinson, I get wrestling with the MMA. He's, you know, he's been he's been diplomatic. Horson, though. Hmm. Wrestling with the MMA made a video about strictly resistance. He he in person threatened the world's heavyweight champion. I don't know if he's oh, you said we're coming for you. I was like, whoa. <laughs> That wouldn't, that was now, that was, uh, and, and then he came out with like three different versions of it. It was like a director's cut with skewed up colors and. It's like the Ridley <laughs> Scott version. And you know, you know, I love you, man. I'm just giving you a head, bro. <laughs> All right. Yeah, the Ridley Scott version. Tweeted, the link's out there now. I feel good. I feel I feel like I can rest easy now that there's an actual direct link to the thing. There it is. Uh, it's out there. All the technology. Man, can I just say, this is not at all a knock on uh, Carnyland or any of the content we've been getting, but man, I miss wrestling. Gosh, well, oh. I was, I was watching, I was watching the audience there when they did the power portions, you know, and you see all the guys that you just have come to know, like Fordson and Elder Sauer and wrestling with the MMA and Gary was up in there. Jeannie, we seen a, a Jeannie make a cameo appearance tonight in there. Oh, yeah. Cool, man. <laughs> Yeah, I miss it, man. And and what a great match! I was I was I commented on the uh, on the chat. I was like, man, I've seen this match. I've seen that match at least. I mean, no no joke. I've seen it at least eight or nine times, probably more in bits and pieces. But it was such a good match that uh, that uh, like man, I'm just watching it with anticipation. Like, is, I, I did him? too, dude. Yeah. yeah <laughs> Uh, 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 uh. I just think I started almost humming the Law and Order theme song. That's, that'd have been weird. Huh? At least Will's at, uh, is, is at the pool, man. I know, man. I'm just it's summertime, man. It's June. We gotta, we gotta it's seasonal. We gotta flip the script. We gotta get a little more summertime. Yeah, I like that. I like that attitude. All right, I'm done screwing around. I think. Phantom freak in the house. What's up, Piper? <laughs> and Natalia, Natalia yeah. Martin. Hey, babe. What? Natalia Welcome. Martin. 
Who else is in there? Let's see. Piper? Is that for real, Piper? That is a uh, Phantom Freak Piper. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, hey, hey, Piper. It's good to see you. Keep us on our, our best behavior here. <laughs> All right. My wife's funny. She's got jokes. <laughs> what's she what's she doing? <laughs> Oh, I feel good. I got this whole. Said you got to get me out of the pool. No way, man. I'm just happy little... you've got clothes on. Personally, <laughs> I need to put a little raft so I can just be like, ah, "What's up, guys?" That would be pretty cool. Because you know, I wear a hoodie when I swim. Makes sense. Uh, I feel like I'm. I have to send something to someone. I feel like I'm the one holding this thing up, but you know, you guys are, are free to. Well, if you feel like that, it's because. You're... Okay, well, somebody's gonna say some junk. <laughs> we got the the standing streamer. We got putting you over in the house. We got a real quick brief cameo before bedtime drama. Hey there. Sleep herself, the host of uh, Piper's Notes. The real star. The real star. There it is. Her, uh, I, 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 I just grabbed some clothes out of the closet and said, it's Christine Daae. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Hey, it's good to see you, Piper. Hey, I just haven't had a chance to tell you in person. Thank you so much for loading your show to the channel. We appreciate that. It's a uh, it's by far the highest quality content we have. Correct. Absolutely. Oh man! Will, are you uh, Will? Are you a uh, while we're waiting for Gary to get our tent, our, our specs uh, arranged? Are you uh, at all into Broadway musicals? I feel like this is a trap. No, 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 no trap. <laughs> what are you gonna ask me about Star Wars next? Uh, we we can go there. <laughs> we I prefer I not. I proceed Star Wars probably. Yeah. I, I, I am not. <laughs> do what? So Piper can educate you on Star Wars too, man. I'm sure she can. She can probably educate me on a lot. I uh, I'm I'm not. Um. I'm not opposed to to Broadway musicals. I just never, I've always been like a rock music guy. And I guess growing up, it was like, you know, the stigma of like, well, if I'm a, if I'm a grunge rock 90s kid, like, you know, I, I, I don't get into theater. Now that I'm older, I wish that I didn't have that stigma because I do appreciate theater and um, probably should do some catching up. So. Well, well you're gonna have as you're coming up on Piper's notes here pretty soon, and uh, that's right, uh, we uh, inevitably Broadway comes up. So I would challenge you to uh, go on Netflix and watch either Rock of Ages or what, or go on YouTube and watch the Royal Albert Hall version of Phantom of the Opera. Um, and you'll find that in in the National Wrestling Alliance and uh, the Phantom and Star Wars and everything else that's meaningful in life, 
Yeah, the threads are all the same, man. It's all the same. I love Hamilton too. Misunderstood anti-heroes, you know, and uh, and um, uh, overly uh, praised baby faces, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, well, yeah. Overly maligned heels and overly praised baby faces. We're all mixed bags. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody likes Raul though. Well, maybe that's my that's my homework. You guys, uh, maybe Piper, you send me what are the, what are the top three or four uh, productions I have to watch before I come and on the show. Hamilton and Beetlejuice. You talking about Broadway productions? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about all like all media. You, you didn't even see like not watching Play Star Biz Wars with Hugh Jackman and stuff when that came out. Yeah, we I like the Hugh. I actually like that. I know it got critiqued, but I thought it was very, very responsible adaptation and all that. Natalia says she's never seen Star Wars either. What is going on in the Martin house, bro? You guys are so intelligent, so brilliant. Exactly. So positive. You, I feel like if you watch Star Wars, you're going to be taking it to 11. Do you know what that means? Have you seen Spinal Tap? Yes, I have. I've oh, seen yeah. that okay, one. I say. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on now. If you see Star Wars, you guys are going to take it to 11, man. You guys are killing it. Fortson, it's not that Will uh, doesn't like Star Wars. It's that he's never seen Star Wars, if you can believe that. <laughs> there's a, uh, there's a person house. on planet Earth that's never seen it. Everyone came in because I was here. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously. Oh, absolutely. Why, why wouldn't they? Yeah, it's NWA after dark, right? Where did Rob go? Why does Rob keep disappearing? <laughs> <laughs> it's just like Piper's talking to a ghost at some points. Like, ghost Dad. <laughs> I've seen Ghost Dad. Bill Cosby. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah Bill Cosby. Uh, probably shouldn't bring that one up. Probably. He's for the kids. We just got um, canceled. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I feel good. Uh, well, I'm just going to do the intro thing. Well, hello, everybody. You beautiful people. This is Gary Horton. This is this is the NWA podcast celebrating the past, present, future history, legacy, and tradition of one of the greatest pro wrestling, no, the greatest pro wrestling entity of all time, the National Wrestling Alliance. And as always, because we're family now, I am joined by Rob Stinson and his lovely daughter, Piper. She's our special guest so far. Well, now she's gone, or else she blended in with the background. And, uh, and, uh, hey, it's Will.Daily. Hey, what guys. Up? It's party time. Yeah, we've been talking for a little bit anyway. We got a lot of people in the chat. It's good to see you guys. Thanks for hanging out with us. Natalia, wrestling with the MMA, Fortson, Lave. She, Natalia's in the chat. She's being so diplomatic on, on my behalf. Saying you know, it, Star Wars is probably great. We've just never seen it. So thank you, sweetheart, for uh, for going to bat for me. You gotta have yeah. you gotta have a, a spouse that's in your corner, no matter what. Like. Even about Star Wars. The president of the United States. <laughs> he endorsed you for president. She is she, in your corner, bro. <laughs> she did endorse me for president. I am uh, mulling it over. Um, I. I have to weigh the possibilities because just recently I have uh, become part of 
the uh, 41st most popular wrestling podcast in India. Um, uh-huh. And so that's this one. Which and is so I have to kind of weigh my, shout I always got to weigh my options. Shout out to our Indian audience. We appreciate you. We know you're yeah. out there. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hit, we hit decently high in like Germany and uh, I forget where else. Ireland I think we were doing well in Ireland I think it's my beard personally that does the Irish crowd um and uh yeah we're doing all right for the United States why are you looking at me like that Will what's I think up it's that I think it's whiskey Gary that gets the Irish crowd in yeah that's oh saying. you're probably right <laughs> oh wrong. Natalia wants to know uh when she gets to come on as a special guest I feel like she's in the the same exact location that you are right now so she could easily just be I, like a I, hope, I hope she is or else who's watching our children oh good point um so uh today we're, we're we're just here to talk about whatever you guys want it's weird i'm noticing is that my shirts look like they're two different colors but right here on my end they're both black like just completely black but for some reason the shirt's a different color than this thing i've got on uh anyway forts and her were big in bulgaria i love that everything i'm saying right now is uh got will giving me the tilted head and squinty eyes like he's just not sure what i'm talking about but i'll tell you what i did right before this i downed a bang energy drink so i'm ready to scissor kick this computer across the room like i am (laughs) feeling fantastic because yeah i was sitting there like right after the mama storm thing today like i just passed the heck out like i just i was just out and uh so i was like i gotta get i gotta get jacked up i gotta get amped uh same thing same uh, thing for me man natalia can confirm i just like got got over in my my dad recliner and i just like i was about to pass out and i was like man i got a show to do so i had to get up and get get the blood flow and i don't know what it was about mama storm i think i think it just put us all at ease Cause it was just such yes. a good, it was just such a good, like in contrast to everything that we've seen on the internet for the past, like year, it feels like seeing that tonight was just like breathing, breathing fresh air for the first time almost. And it was almost like relaxed me so much. I just got in the recliner and I was like, I could just go to sleep right now. That was just, I was at ease. It was great. That's a great way of looking at it, man. I think I felt the exact same way. Like I, I just, uh, I was wondering how people would take to it since it wasn't the standard Carneyland thing this week. And uh, so, yeah, let us know what you thought in the chat. Uh, if you're watching this later, let us know in the comments. We'd love to know what you thought of the Tim Storm episode this week. But I'm with Will. I 100% was just at ease. Like, I, I just loved finally meeting Mama Storm. And uh, it, it just... Yeah, I mean, everything you just said, it, with, with everything else going on in the world, I can't think of a better piece of uh, content that they could have put out than just Tim Storm and his mama hanging out and talking. And I thought I was going to get through the whole thing without him busting out the feels, but he tagged me right there at the end. And just, uh, he just, dang it, Tim Storm, <laughs> you dirty man. <laughs> just, uh, I was just sitting in my chair, just like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> Got to mute this. What's going on? 
Uh, anyway, standing streamer, say happy birthday to your daughter for us. She turned 11 today. Happy uh, birthday. Okay. Happy birthday. Yeah. Yeah, man. I, uh, it got me too, man. I, I, we were talking the other day. I went, I don't know if we were just talking or if it was one of our, on one of our, uh, podcasts, but gosh, the older I get, you know, I, I, uh, I don't know why we as men do this, why we like make it a big deal about being sensitive or anything, like, but we do, you know, we're, I'm not, you know, not, we're not fooling anybody or anything like that, but it's like, I feel like the older I get, we're sitting here watching a commercial the other day on TV and it's a cookie commercial and uh, like a Pillsbury dough, you know, cookie commercial and uh, the little girl's talking to her mom, their backs are to the camera and uh, they're talking and talking and talking. All this time you think that the girl is talking to the mom and then they turn to the side and the mom's pregnant and you realize the whole time the little girl's talking to the baby in the mom's belly. And I'm just like, Busting open, man. I'm just like, gosh, that cookie commercial just got me. Don't even show <laughs> me. I, don't even show me a Publix commercial during the holidays because I'll lose. <laughs> <laughs> Who is it that always has? There, there was one I remember a few years back that had like the greeting card. It was like a Hallmark commercial or something with the girl and her dad or something like walking in the snow or something. Man, I just. Every time it's too much. Uh, I want to give a shout out real quick to Brian Lang, who's in the chat. He says it's his first time jumping on live. Thank you so much, Brian, for being so here. Brian. We're happy to have you. Right, Feel free to say whatever you want in the chat. You've got free reign, and none of the mods can do anything to you. We're giving you carte blanche. To also, we over. have also we have no outline, so feel free to ask questions and then give us stuff to talk about. Oh, yeah. If you guys have topics, that would be fantastic. Uh, message these guys before we got on here was like, let's come up with topics because all we got is the Tim Storm thing from tonight. So uh, we're oh, here. I, we're I, here to talk about whatever, anything in the wrestling I, I, business. Sorry, Rob, go ahead. No, no, I'm just saying I got, I, I came prepared with my debate topic. You said bring debate topics. I got them. Oh well, I did not say bring debate topics. <laughs> yeah, you Rob, totally I said, misread that. <laughs> <laughs> I just said bring topics. <laughs> You get like one drink and Rob though, and he's ready to fight. Like he, oh, yeah. he came in ready to go. So hey, man, uh, I'm sick of you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rob, you're the here. reason they have warning labels on everything. You're just dangerous. <laughs> what the problem is. Oh man. Well, thank you guys so much for being in the chat. We're going to uh, sit here for another minute. Anything else you guys wanted to add about Tim Storm? I mean, what'd you think of Mama Storm? Were you, well, we got to mention, you ever we gotta mention the be? appearance by our own Rob Stinson via his tweet. Oh popping my gosh. Up on the how screen. Can I that yeah. I mean, I popped for that. I was like, that's my dude. He's, he's on Carney land right now, you know? Right. I, yeah, I expected this I mean, when he did the, the call, for, for questions I expected it would show up, but it really impressed Piper. She was like, Dad, did you just see that on the on the YouTube? And I was like, <laughs> I was like You yeah. were like, yeah, no big deal. Yeah, you know, no biggie. Me and me and me and the champ, no biggie. All of all of our fans in India were like, Oh yeah, you know. Of course. <laughs> that was cool. I, I thought it was pretty neat. Yeah, I think uh, I hear hotels in India are uh, uh, inexpensive compared to a lot of places like around here. So if you guys want to do a tour later, I'm for it. Uh, we think we could draw. 
Uh, we got a question in the uh, chat from putting you over saying, we can all see how this pandemic has changed the business in the moment, but how can we expect it to be changed going forward? That's a good question. question. Uh, who wants to take that one first? What, what do you see the future of wrestling is? What, what do you think is going to happen from here? I, I, I mean, I personally think that uh, not right away, but I think it's going to go back to normal, um, quote unquote. I think when we're, when we're talking about changes that are inevitably going to happen, um, I think it's just going to follow the culture. If, if the culture and society stays very, um, you know, alert and alarmed about, you know, pandemic or uh, health issues, you know, we could see some things change, smaller crowds, um, <clears throat> more control or something like that. But I think in general, everybody's going to be in a hurry to get back to normal. Um, but, you know, I mean, the one thing that I've heard uh, from various sources and, you know, it's the Internet, so you never know. But, you know, this could end up being a seasonal thing. So it may be, you know, I mean, places like the NWA that, that pre-tape, I mean, they might have to stack it up in case this happens again next year to have enough enough content. So that means, you know doing a bunch of tapings, you know, right before fall um, or something like that and and kind of getting ahead of the flu season and um, making sure they have enough wrestling content. I could see that happening. Um, I don't know for for the, the big leagues, um, WWE, AEW. Um, honestly, I think it's just going to be more of the same for them. Um, maybe more cinematic stuff. I don't I don't know. What do you guys think? I was thinking, Rob, uh, about when Billy, or not Billy, but uh, Billy and Dave's inside the NWA call, they talked about, like, uh, you know, what, what's going to happen with flights and that sort of thing. Like, you know, if people are having to get temperature checks, like hopping on a plane. One of the things they brought up that I just never considered was that idea of, like, how do you book in advance? very well because then like a talent shows up to the airport he tests too high on his temperature that he can't make the show and stuff like that that was something i'd never even thought about which i thought was crazy but uh rob what do you think about it i think that that the human race is extraordinary um i think that we we surprise ourselves at our ability to adapt to things and uh, uh i just just you know i remember i was in i was serving in the military during when 9 11 happened i remember when all the you know the the procedures that went into place for boarding air, airline flights after 9-11 happened, we were like, hey, that's not going to, how can we, that's ridiculous. And now it's just normal. You know, we've customized to it. I think that, you know, when it comes to international travel and flights, I mean, businesses and, and uh, people are going to find a way to, to do those things and make them efficient and to be able to, to make provision for people who happen to show up that might have a fever. I mean, I do think things are going to be different, but I think that, when we talk about the new normal, we always have a new normal and the new normal becomes the normal. And then we anticipate a new normal. So I think, I think we'll be fine. I don't see like, I don't anticipate a like dead, this sharp decision to go back to normal. I think this will be gradual and very phased. And one day we'll wake up and be like, man, things are normal again. You know what I mean? It's kind of a, a, a very phased in, um, and not only because of regulations out there, but because we're all kind of spooked by by everything and everybody's reimagining the way that we engage each other. But I also think as human beings, we were created to to engage. We were created to 
be in close proximity. We even created to touch each other and that kind of thing and have, uh, you know, to be kinesthetically engaged with one another. So I think that we'll eventually <laughs> get so to back say, He to always it. pushes. Every time we get together, he's pushing that touch each other thing. I know, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to get us all to come to Chattanooga. I don't know, man. Well, I'm a hugger, man. Especially the older I get, man. I got kids. My kids hug and. And I'm a I'm an educator, so I hug my kids, and and that's just part of being a human being. I mean, kids need to be, especially you know, we had a very a very terrible tragedy in, in our school family at Ridgeland High School in NWA High, you know, this, this week, and I won't go into that, but it just reminded me that uh, you know, babies, how much babies even rely upon the human touch. So if they don't have that, they won't survive into into early childhood. And you've got to be touched, and you've got to engage. We have to be. We're social animals, and so I, I expect things to resume at some point. I don't think it's going to be overnight. I think we're talking about a progression of over several months and maybe even a year. Uh, and then one day, you know, we'll forget that, that, that we were ever phasing and it'll just be there. But I'd also expect things to be different, but uh, we'll adapt to that and we'll find ways to manage it efficiently and, and consistent with, uh, with what we have to do and how we have to function as human beings. So I'm not afraid uh, you know, I'm curious, um, but, but I'm also trying to be realistic here. I don't think anybody uh, of us a year ago would have expected us or even dreamed that we would be living movie contagion or anything like that. So, well, <clears throat> I'm gonna uh, non-biasedly put over my wife for what she just said in the chat because this is how smart she is and how much she watches my show and is informed about the wrestling community. She says, I think the NWA is gonna be the dominant style of wrestling moving forward, like that. Uh, she said, and WWE is moving toward more online content, which is an interesting thought because they just launched the free tier of the network. And to be honest, I, I, she's absolutely right in my opinion, because the, I think they're learning, You know, there's some downsides to having a TV deal right now and places like the nwa can get more creative because they're they're primarily online uh whereas wwe and aew are kind of strangleholded right now by their tv deals now obviously they don't want to not have a tv deal but i think they are kind of shifting some focus to online content and things that they can produce and put out themselves to try to keep interest during times like this so that's one thing too i mean i do see a shift in into you know, I mean, if you saw the Daily Show I put out yesterday, just that list of just random shows that WWE has launched, like The Bump and all this stuff. And they've been doing it for a few years, but like, I think they're really leaning into that a little more. And so I think that's one thing that we may see change um, is just, you know, they're going to, they can't just solely focus on Raw and SmackDown and NXT. They're going to have to like supplement with some online content in case stuff like this happens just to keep people you know generating interest that's a really good point i mean and, and i think i've said that a hundred times too that like the nwa was just built to pivot they started from scratch where they had uh i think even nick aldis brought it up in the james storm interview you know he knows what it's like building a company from the ground up now when they started out with the brand and the belt that's what they had it was Billy Corgan to David Legata, Nick Aldis, and uh, Tim Storm. And that's all they had. So these guys, if you got to take it back to basics, there's not going to be anybody better at that right now that can pivot out of this situation than the NWA. Uh, I did want to give a shout-out to uh, WWE Front Row, who earlier pointed out that he was happy that we uh, 
steered him toward becoming a council member uh, and the Patreon for Cardi Land that he has been super stoked and was really happy with the Camille live chat. So folks, if you didn't know about that already, if you're a council member on uh, the Patreon for NWA's Cardi Land, you can have live chats. I think they're like bi-weekly or something like that with a random member of the NWA. So people have had Eli Drake, Nick Aldis, Camille so far. Who knows who's coming up down the road? And uh, so uh, I'm excited to see what's next on there. Uh, another thing that I wanted to say real quick before I lose it in the chat here and I wanted to bring up is WWE Front Row says he missed the Tim Storm thing today. I think I think he said that, or at least that he didn't put over the NWA as much this day because this day, uh, today, because he was uh, observing the uh, Blackout Tuesday situation and uh so he was saying sorry about that i didn't do as much uh shout outs as i normally would but no need to apologize for that because uh we actually i think for the most part observed that as well i i didn't post i don't think we posted anything for the this is the nwa pod today uh except for just now with the live chat stuff just to announce that we're actually here we were trying to do the same i was on my personal account as well so uh solid Clarity there. Uh, I don't know if you guys had anything you wanted to add to that, but I just wanted to acknowledge that from front row there. Yeah, I think we all were trying to, to be respectful of that. I, I, I made, I think, one or two tweets or retweets today. Uh, usually if I see something, I want to I acknowledge them and I might retweet, but, but certainly uh, coming from the, uh, the, the, the formal podcast material, I think we wanted to, to, to show some solidarity and and be respectful of what's going on and um, the, the tragedy that our nation's going through, the, the, the challenge that our, nature, our nation's going through right now. So, <clears throat> All right. And uh, Front Row did point out also in the chat uh, that council member spots are now sold out. So, uh, so never mind. Uh, if, you, if you missed that boat, then this, she's gone. So, uh, sorry. Now, uh, I'd love to talk about anything else. If you got other stuff you want to talk about, drop it there in the chat. We'll be happy to cover topics. We've got some topics set aside to discuss. Uh, maybe at some point we'll get Will from putting over his wife constantly in the chat and on the screen. Uh, he is obviously you can't sucking stop up me. for you can't some stop reason. Me. I don't know. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we'll uh, we'll get him back eventually. Who could blame him, really? His wife's lovely. So Have you seen her? I, it, it Have you sense. seen her? I've seen her. I, I, get, I got that song in my head. You know that. Have you seen her? You know. How's it right. go again, Gary? No, Start from the beginning. Fine. Sing the whole song. Yeah. yeah. I, no. Uh, well, we're trying to avoid copyright strikes on the channel. And well, no. Rob's God got that handle. Sound just, it's for educational yeah, purposes. Just, yeah. <laughs> Rob, and I, Rob, Rob and I will react to it, and then it'll be for education. <laughs> oh man uh cool man uh also mentioned in the chat one thing he likes about the nwa is that they put over or they're reaching out to the casual audience which he thinks is very important right now and i totally agree with that cool man i think uh that that's a big part of it and that lost audience too so that's one thing we we keep talking about with the nwa they uh they they're not targeting everybody's like 
I feel like I see this all the time still to this day that there's like this comparison between NWA and AEW or NWA and WWE and people are like, well, they're never going to get there. They're never, they're not on that level. And I'm like, they're not even trying to be them. They're not even trying to be on that level. They're not even going for the same audience. It's like they accept that those people exist, but there's like millions of people that aren't those people. You know, there's millions of people out there that used to watch wrestling that for some reason do not currently watch wrestling and uh or or just not as into it as they used to be that's who nwa is going for and uh i've always liked that uh about them any thoughts there fellas no i I agree i mean that's like saying you know metallica will never be just like the beatles of course not they're that's totally different thing like they do what they do at a high level and the beatles did what they did at a high level like you know different strokes for different folks is a saying yeah, I mean, pro wrestling is and always has been very broad conceptually. And I think that uh, uh, you're absolutely right, Gary. Um, they're, I mean, I don't want to say that they target a, a particular audience, but they understand that it's going to appeal to a certain group and, and they're and they're comfortable with that. So the NWA does its thing the way it does and it's successful and the AEW and the WWA have their model. I will say that I do feel a closer affinity with the AEW I think they have common origins. I think uh, most of the material is much more palatable for someone like me. But, you know, I don't hate the WWE either. There, there's a lot of brilliant stuff going on there. Uh, but, uh, but you know, I, I, I don't think that there's a uh, – it, it doesn't have to be a dichotomy. I mean, the world is big enough for fans for all three and all, all the other Impact, Ring of Honor. There, there are several of those that I feel related to, you know, like Impact and Ring of Honor and AEW uh, to an extent. Um, but again, they're, they're, the world is big enough for WWE. It has its purpose. There's a lot of good stuff coming out of there. Um, so I don't have to be against anything to be pro-NWA. So That's a really good point. Uh, Roscoe is in the chat asking, uh, well, Standing Streamer, first of all, is in the chat saying he's, an ed- he's in the educational system as well. How do we get around strikes? That's, a, that's probably a... a uh, private conversation for you and rob rob's got the uh the the, all the deets of that so he's been uh skirting the system for for years i'll tell you this that's that's the face of a man who skirts the system they ain't looking for us brother they ain't looking for us that's not they're not coming after us uh roscoe says would be interested in hearing your thoughts on a few things thoughts on lance archer being a part of the tim storm segment with questions about bleeding uh, what was the first thing that jumps out to you guys about Lance Storm there? Or not uh, Lance Storm, although that'd be cool too. Uh, Lance Archer was brought up today, I, which I, I didn't think it. was interesting. They just let that fly. I liked it. I mean, it's not the first time during Carney Land or uh, on social media that there's been, you know, a lot of uh, interaction between uh, NWA and, and other promotion uh, talent and you know, I, I like it because it's, again, you know, what we talk about all the time, that authenticity. I mean, you know, him and him and Tim have had a lot of matches together. Obviously, they know each other. They follow each other on social media. They interact. I mean, why, you know, for, especially for something like Carnyland, that's, that's you know, kind of a behind-the-scenes, real kind of raw look at, at the wrestling business, you know, why would they ignore that kind of stuff? I thought it was cool that he asked the question and um, that those guys have have that connection. I mean, you know, it just brings the wrestling world a little 
a little closer together. And so I like, I like that continuity. Yeah, this is, this is going back to what I was saying a minute ago, how there, there is a certain kinship, like it or not. I mean, like, it, like the stadium stampede or not, there is a kinship between the AEW and the NWA. Going back to uh, NWA 70, Cody and, and all this, and even before that. Uh, but I will tell you, growing up in the late 70s, early 80s, this is a different kind of NWA world that we live in because in those days, well, I wouldn't say so much in the early 80s, but by the time you got to 86, 87, wrestling was so uh, crystallized that the NWA and the WWF at the time would never acknowledge each other, never. And I, I, I find it so much better today that, uh, and of course the world has gotten much flatter. Uh, we, we have much more information. And so fans have become smarter and I hate to- Wait, did this turn cool. into a flat earth thing? Yeah, <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Exactly. Flip Gordon would love this. So, but, uh, you know, it's, it, it's just, I think this goes and speaks to both the AEW and the NWA, not taking the fans intelligence for granted. Uh, we know they have history. We know that there's mutual respect. We know they're friends on Twitter where we can all see that when we log into their Twitter accounts and all that. And I think that, uh, this again, just shows speaks to the kinship of, of, of the best promotions out there in the world of wrestling. And for me, that only builds, that builds the whole wrestling world up. It, it doesn't do any damages in me. Um, I like it. I like the fact that uh, there's acknowledgement. I mean, just going back to our discussion with Brian Solomon about the world uh, world's title and world championship recognition, I have no problem acknowledging New Japan's world championship recognition or, or the important status of Ring of Honor and Impact. They, they're, they're absolutely important. If you were in 86 or 87, the promotions would act like they didn't exist. And uh, I appreciate that that's not the way today. So here in Lance Archer, I mean, it didn't surprise me. That's that's the way the NWA has conducted itself. And I expect it to go on like that. So, Yeah, I think you're 100% right, man. I, I think that I couldn't have said it better myself. Um, I uh, Let's see here. Uh, next up, Brian Lang, our new guy, uh, is asking, uh, do you think the effects of future pandemics will prevent talent from being signed to long-term contracts and lead to more roster fluidity between promotions? That's an interesting question, a really good one, Brian. I don't know uh, myself. I, I think, I mean, well, I mean, I think we've seen some of the effects of what they'll do. I mean, WWE certainly, at least to give the <laughs> illusion of cutting costs, trimmed off a bunch of their talent uh recently uh but th there's facts like zicky dice just signed a contract with the nwa i was gonna say like probably smaller promotions wouldn't do that but just in this little bit of time we saw zicky dice sign a new long-term contract or a longer contract and uh we've seen flip gordon signed a long-term like multi-year deal and same with bandito uh, so that's in ring of honor uh we've seen impact picking people up all during this time when they're not even doing anything. So that's an interesting question. What do, what do you guys think about that? Like as far as contract situations? I mean, kind of the same as I, I said earlier, I think obviously time will tell, but like um, I think more so for probably the NWA ring of honor um, and, and, you know, possibly impact, but you know, I mean, one thing is with with WWE releasing all uh, of this talent, um, 
it's a big opportunity. And so it, it may actually be better for, for NWA, Impact, Ring of Honor, um, because now there's a lot of talent out there that's available. I mean, Impact picking up Deanna Perazzo, I mean, you know, you guys heard me talk about it on the weekly, like that's, that's a big get for them, in my opinion. I mean, I think she's one of the premier female wrestlers in the biz right now, and she was being squandered in NXT and appearing on TV every once in a while on Raw or something like that. But like, you know, the fact that, you know, I think the biggest, I don't know in terms of long-term contracts and things like that, what it's going to change, but I think it's going to level the playing field, so to speak, where, you know, I think WWE has realized now they can't hoard all the talent um, because of this and because of, you know, the perception that they do have to give that they're being thrifty in case pandemic does hit again. And so I think it's going to free up a lot of really, really good talent to come to the NWA, to go to Impact, to go to Ring of Honor, to go to AEW um, and really thrive. So honestly, I mean, you know, if we're looking for a silver lining in all this, I think that that's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, I think you know, you got a couple of considerations at play here. One, uh, the economic effects of a pandemic is going to limit the the nature of contract signing for sure. However, and, and this is coming from the perspective, I'm also an educator. I know Standing Streamer and, of course, the Fortson are in education. I'm an athletic director. And I know one of the things that we have tried to really focus on minimizing is transition and transience and that kind of thing. Uh, for example, when we're opening up conditionings, you know, we're limiting, we're, we're putting groups and groups of 20 and that group is static. It's not going to change all year. You want to minimize contact. So my expectation actually would be that to the extent that you find more contract signings, you're going to find more long-term contract signings during these kinds of conditions than you would otherwise. You'll find less transients. Uh, we have some situations going on in the NWA where, you know, guys like uh, Ricky Starks and Tasha Steeles were at, were at the end of contracts. And you have to look at, uh, at what we stand going forward. But typically, if you see a long-term deal happening, I think that uh, I think you're going to find this uh, being more of the norm during the uh, probably less contract signings, but more of the long-term variety, I guess, if that makes sense. Uh, well, again, because you know, Zeke Dice just signed today. I think you pointed that out. Hey, you, you broke the news uh, to one year. Um exclusive with the NWA. So um, I think that's going to be more of the norm. I don't know that you'll have as many of them, but there'll be more of the long-term nature to prevent. Yeah, and that's, that's kind of what I was saying too. I mean, I think it's going to be more deliberate um, where, you know, instead of the WWE just scooping up anyone they can afford or get their hands on and, and even the same with the NWA. I mean, I'm sure they didn't want to part ways with Ricky Starks, man. He became a star, you know, and, um, but it just, it just wasn't in the cards for them financially or, you know, for, for the business. And so they parted ways, he's going to do fine and they're, you know, NWA is going to be fine, but I think we're going to see a lot more of that. So there's not going to be just a lot of flip it. Like, like you said, Rob, just like these, let's just sign whoever and let's get them all in here and then let's see where the chips fall. I think it's going to be a lot more strategic. More like Moneyball with the uh, with their rosters, like they're they're trying to actually build like talent rosters that they think they could go with. I mean, I feel like that's certainly what Ring of Honor's doing, uh, just like closing in on guys like Flip Gordon, Marty Skrull, and uh, Benito. Like they're I think counting on those to be long term 
stars for them that can be high profile as time goes on. Um, WWE Front Row would like us to talk a little bit about, uh, well, before we get there, let's, let's, since we're already kind of on the subject, uh, Roscoe did follow up with uh, what are our thoughts on Zicky Dice signing a new long-term contract? What would you like to see, see from him in the NWA? We've already kind of tackled this one. So I figured we could go from here. I mean, uh, what, what are you guys feeling about Zicky Dice re-signing? Think it's a great call. And uh, if so, like, what, what are you, what are you expecting out of that guy? Uh, I, I love it. I, I, I love Ziggy Dice. I think he brings a lot of color and, uh, I mean, he's entertaining, obviously knows his way around the ring. I think put the, the TV title on him was a great move. He was a guest of ours. Um, and so there might be a little bias there, but I, I love Ziggy Dice. I think he's, uh, he's, uh, you know, he's not the same as, as a, uh, he's not the same as a Nick Aldis or a, Eli Drake, you know, I wouldn't consider him this shrewd technical ring general or anything like that, but uh, you don't, he didn't have to be. I mean, he, 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 uh, he is obviously impressed enough and has enough skill in, uh, to earn a legitimate uh, major title over a very, very important personality like Ricky Starks. And uh, the guy's uh, mic skills and his ability to hold an audience are bar none. Again, I use uh, and people who know me know that I use Piper as engaged a lot of times for who I think's over or not, and she is in love with Zeke Dice. So, you know, I, I'm a, I think that's a great move. Yeah, I'm stoked about it. I um, I mean, really, what I want to see is just more of him. I, I love. I mean, there's the television title always has a special place in my heart, and uh, so whoever holds that, you know, I'm an Arn Anderson guy, and he was, you know, the premier. NWA television champion of all time, in my opinion. And so that title has always been special to me. And uh, I think, I think it's perfect for Zicky. I think he's a necessary character in the NWA. I think they need someone like him who is aptly named as outlandish. I mean, they need that. And I think they realize that from a creative standpoint, he adds a layer of entertainment uh, to the company, to the brand. And I think that um, that's why they, you know, wanted to make the contract happen and make him exclusive and, um, and keep him around for a while. And I, I hope he's around for a long while personally. Yeah. I think that's a really good way of putting it. Will. Um, I mean, I think it, he just has a look and something about him. I mean, he talks about the airport test and uh, in, in the interview I got to do with him just uh, standing out, you know, and, you can't go anywhere else and get a Zicky Dice. It's gonna have to be NWA, and 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 that's I'm sure part of what they're uh, what they're looking at uh, when they signed him on. And it's not for everybody, uh, I'm sure, but uh, it's certainly something special that uh, you know the guys the guys got something. And uh, I don't know I don't know what I expect out of him necessarily. I think he's got he's gonna have a lot of fun with that TV title. You know, you were talking about that. I think that that's a that's a uh, good place for him right now just to see what he brings to the table and sky's the limit I'm sure for the guy you know but uh I'm, I'm glad he's around uh, personally I think, I think with the pandemic he should probably just lick the title belt a little less um that's probably the only probably change. a good call yeah I bet I bet he won't <laughs> you're probably <laughs> right I should probably lower my expectations on that one specifically <laughs> yeah I Zicky strikes me as somebody who will not care. 
so <laughs> he'll just keep licking it uh and uh if, if anything he'll feel like that that keeps anybody from wanting to win it so <laughs> that, that just works in his favor um wwe front row wants to talk a little bit about what's causing all this episode number two with the cowboy james storm uh for those of you who missed it that aired on monday and it was awesome i loved it myself what's causing all this still remains one of my favorite parts about the cardi land series just seeing wrestlers sit down and have the talk and and i don't you know they've already there's already been a thing sort of like this i was thinking about this the other day there's table for three with the wwe and it should be like that. And the ones I've seen have been good. But the times that I've seen Table for Three, it's always still felt WWE. Like, it still felt like you're going to get a version of history, and it'll be the version that they know they can talk about, and that they can the stories that they can get away with, and that sort of thing. But... uh you know, you get James Storm and Nick all to sitting down together and they dive right into everything, every little detail, and including like like the pizza story that they told about the uh, kid who came in and thought he was hot stuff and <laughs> they uh, wrecked his pizza and, and, you know, told him to have a little respect. You know, I just thought that was a cool story to hear, you know, and I feel like that's the kind of stuff that, you know, you're only going to get from two guys like that talking and uh and i think it gave us a really cool side of james storm and if you haven't seen it last thing i'll add before throwing to these guys is a side of james storm you haven't seen because that man gets real personal at certain points with stories about his daughter and uh details about things he was going through that i was just like i i I wonder if I would, you know, if I had interviewed him, would I have gotten that? Or was that just like a peer respect thing or whatever? But man, it was, uh, it was some intense stuff he was talking about there. Yeah, I, I loved it. I mean, I, I, uh, James Storm is another one um, that I wasn't super familiar with. I wasn't a TNA fan. Um, and so a lot of these guys, as I've, you know, entered into the world of the NWA, in the last little bit and become the fan that I am today, this has been my introduction to a lot of these guys. And so uh, this just, again, adds another layer for me of, of what I know about James Storm and how much I uh, admire, appreciate and respect him uh, and what he does as, as a wrestler. And, you know, I, it was his birthday too. So that was cool that it came out on his birthday. So um, it was just, it was kind of like James Storm Day for me, man, because I, I talked about him on the show um, and I, you know, was just reading up on him and, and then got to watch that interview. So it was just really cool. And it's another, another instance too, you know, where they're mentioning guys from that are not in the NWA, you know, guys that they, they mentioned Matt Morgan, talked about him a little bit and um, just stuff like that. I mean, I, I just, again, I love that. I love, I love the acknowledgement from these guys that, the NWA is not the only universe where wrestling exists because again, that's another almost insult to our intelligence. Like whenever WWE or AEW or something debuts somebody and they're like, who's this guy? It's like, come on. We all know who, you know, like we're all familiar with, right. You know, he was a big star in another promotion and we know exactly who he is. So um, WWE is a lot worse about that than AEW. I didn't mean to throw them under the bus as well. They at least uh, usually acknowledge when, when someone noteworthy comes in and that they have uh, a, a history. But um, yeah, I love that aspect of it as well. 
Yeah, um, I think listen to we forget sometimes that, um, and just because you know it's been it's been I think the heyday of those those great TNA uh, days was and Nick Aldis referred to it a couple of times is like the mid uh, 2005 to about the early 2010s, and we forget that during that era how important uh, James Storm was to the tag team scene with with Beer Money and Bobby Roode and all that, and how prolific a t- this guy is like held a record number of world tag team championships. Jay Cal brought that up earlier today, I think. Um, but to, to Gary's point about, um, about the WWE segments seeming very WWE ish, how often you have, you have two guys sit down and put Vince Russo over, which they do. And I mean, you know, there, there was a, you know, they, they go on a little bit about how Vince Russo would come to the Cowboy James Storm like, Hey, go in, go in there and say, howdy partner. And, James Storm was like, "Look, man, I don't, uh, I don't typically go around and say, hey, Buckaroo,' <laughs> you know, that kind of thing. And, and can I just go and be myself?" And Vince Russo was like, "Tell you what, go be yourself, and if it works, we'll roll with that. If that, then we'll do my thing." And I think uh, James was saying that someone had told him, "Oh, it's Conan." So Conan, Conan told him, "Hey, you can go talk to Vince, and Vince will allow you to go and and experiment and be yourself." And and as it turns out, you know, next thing you know, freaking James Storm is the biggest thing. He at one point was the biggest name in TNA, no doubt. And so, and and, and he and Nick Aldis were both putting over Vince Russo. And, and you know, I don't, I'm not here to, to bury Vince Russo at all, but you don't hear that a lot, especially if you're active in Twitter and, and social media. You see people all the time taking every opportunity to pounce on him. And, you know, if he follows me, I'm going to block him and that kind of thing. But it was refreshing and just kind of, again, back to the authenticity, they're shooting straight on uh, on uh, what's causing all this. And they did not hesitate to put him over somebody that was open and responsive to, to, to fan wishes and fan uh, and fan uh, responsiveness, I suppose, to, to what the entertainment's doing, what the talent's doing. Yeah, a lot of people, I think, forget there's like, you know, two sides to every story. And, and I don't think anything these guys were saying was like, taking away from any thing anybody has against Vince Russo. They're just telling you their experiences one-on-one with the guy, like what it was like. Uh, and uh, it was cool to hear that side of it. Like you said, you know, another thing you made me think of when you said that was uh, one thing you don't hear a lot of. And surprisingly, this is how you know they're not pulling punches as I remember being at the 2019 Crockett Cup press conference and Billy Cork flat out saying, like he literally said at that press conference, we'll do business with anybody, not impact wrestling. <laughs> and uh, and I, I don't know if that's still the case, but he definitely said that at that press conference. And uh, I was just, I, I was taken aback by that because I was like, I, you know, I, I assume that it has something to do with, his time there and the situation with him almost buying the company and then getting it taken out from under him and that, that whole deal. But uh, I say all that to say how, you know, they're not pulling punches is because these guys had nothing but good stuff to say about impact wrestling. Uh, they were talking about TNA and they were telling you the stories, which is another thing. Like you were talking about a lot of the, the narrative that you're presented with most of the time, they actually approach that. They're like, people are always like, Oh, it's failing or it's, poorly run or it's like bs like blah 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 blah. impact you know all negative stuff but these guys are like you can tell there's like a soft spot in their heart for like impact that they that they're talking about it like nick aldis is like man i always hated that stuff because i'm like no this is the most fun place to work like 
everybody gets yeah. along like there's no politics like we're no dress code like we're just hanging out in the back like together and uh like everybody's buddies and uh so it was just kind of cool here like there's this other side of it now it did have the typical political aspect of it i guess to hear that both of them also had the same experience of uh they would get to the top and then like management would change over and then that guy would be like well prove yourself stick around and prove yourself I'm like dude i've been proving myself for a year now and uh you know you can imagine how frustrating that would be but anyway what's causing all that oh what's causing all this is uh straight up one of the best uh pieces of wrestling uh i'm getting tired of using the word content honest to god i'm just sick of saying it but sometimes i think of another word that works for oh, rob I, I have to ask you something what do you what i said just say stuff i like this wrestling stuff it's one of the what are you so giddy about over there i've got to i want to put you on grid view so that people can just see it i see you just like giggling like a I'm little schoolgirl over there about person, man. Uh, I'm hanging out with my best buds, man. This is, this is, you know, we, we, we do this twice a week, but it's like right together. So it's like Sunday and Tuesday. And then we have to go a whole five days and all five days. I'm like looking at my text. Oh, they didn't text me. Put my phone down all depressed every now and again, I'll see you on the discord. And then uh, Sunday comes and it's like, it's like baseball season. Life begins. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Tonight, Rob does segue into a really good point. If you haven't already, you should join the NWA pod discord. We'll ignore his pleas for friendship and just focus in on that. <laughs> uh, Discord's a uh, great place to join up and you can chat with everybody about NWA all the time. There's a lot of us in there. We'd love to have you. If you're not already a part of that, we do have that discord channel. Uh, hit us up. If you don't have the link already, I, it's, it's somewhere out there but anyway. And we love you too, Rob, honestly. So. the the link the link is on all of the hey it's will daily videos comments so go there's another plug go watch go watch uh, some i was of my about shows. to say that man will sell you one of his videos <laughs> please go watch my videos people please, please. oh man all right let's move down the thing roscoe asked if i've learned to use a discord yet i'm getting there i don't believe in in any kind of technology I've said this before. I have a whole article on my website about it. And I've, uh, you can, uh, if you look at my phone, my background is something about reject technology. So, but I'm getting there. Says the guy on a live Zoom chat on YouTube right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, I want to, here's the thing with us. I'm, I'm, I'm working my way down the chat, trying to catch up with everything I've seen people ask or talk about. So I'm going to do this and I'm going to throw it out there. And we don't have to spend all day on it. But I also don't want us to be the people that avoid anything unless you're just being a complete douche. Uh, but uh, this is obviously the, a more tipsy-toe topic, I think. Uh, Roscoe did jump in there and say, what are your thoughts on Jackson Riker getting so much heat for a support of Donald Trump? Is it warranted Ooh. or is freedom of speech unjust right now due to the circumstances? That was a loaded way of asking that question, Roscoe. Let me just go ahead and throw that out there. Roscoe is does not mince words ever, even with his opinion on Discord. Uh, I appreciate that Discord. I really do. <laughs> but uh, do you guys have any thoughts uh, about that that you want to hit on? I do. All right, um, let's have it. He absolutely has the freedom to do that. No, n there's no debate there. Um, but uh, 
in in the same vein, everyone else has the freedom to uh, throw him under the bus like they did as well for because they disagree with him. I mean, that's that's the point, you know, of a free country with free speech, right? You can say what you want, but other people can disagree with you. Um, right now, I, I I think it was super tone deaf. Um, based on what's going on in society. That's my opinion. Um, and I just, you know, not not getting political at all because I don't want this to turn into a political debate because um, it's just... I do. This isn't the I'm forum. This isn't the forum for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is wrestling related. So, I mean, yeah, he can, he can speak out against it um, knowing that there may be repercussions, um, knowing that, you know, he might not appear on TV for a long, long time. Um, it, it comes with the territory. Like, y- you can exercise your free speech, but it's not—it's not without consequence um, based on what's going on in society. That's the way I look at it. I, you know, I'm not—I'm not throwing him under the bus. I absolutely disagree with what he said, but he's got the right to say it. Um, but in the same vein, Kevin Owens has a right to say what he said about what he said. So. That, that's the way I look at it. Rob, you uh, always have a good perspective on these things as well. What's that? No, no, I was just saying, I mean, usually, you know, like this is one thing that happened to us even on the weekly show. Like, uh, Rob, you always have like a, I don't want to say an alternate perspective. I think we're like pretty generally follow the same sphere, but uh, it's good to get your side of things too. Well, we're, we're, we, the three of us are, we're best pals. We all have different perspectives, political, theological, more or less. I think we all arrive at the same ending. Uh, we love our country. We love the, our founding principles. Um, as a country, we've not always practiced, actually, we've never practiced those correctly. And that, that's just a, a feature of being imperfect and being human beings and that kind of thing. We're trying to work those out. I think that uh, there's a difference between a freedom. Uh, uh, our freedom to do something and a and the wisdom to do something. There's a difference between rights and decorum, and uh, so I think, especially when you're a public figure, you bear more responsibility for the way people because people are going to look to you, and you're and you know obviously when you say something, you're going to get a response. Um, but he has a right to say it, and uh, and uh, you know our perspectives on that might be different and all that, but. Uh, uh, you know, I, I think uh, I think all of us as Americans could would be better off if we were all much more charitable to one, towards one another. Um, you know, the human heart has not changed in a thousand years, and, and we all um, have our own faults, and we're all self-seeking and those kinds of things. But but at the end of the day, we're human beings. We we uh, we love our kids. We want to do well in life, and uh, you know, we've got we've got to we've got to be part of doing well and part of being responsible is knowing how people perceive you. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to walk into a banquet and just start rattling off at the mouth at anything. I, I, I think just because I can, uh, that's just improper decorum. I'm not saying he showed improper decorum. I'm just saying when you're a public figure, which he is, you have to be aware, uh, especially like, like, uh, like Will was saying, there's, there's a time and a place to say things. And, this might not be the best time to, to say those kinds of things. You need to allow people time to defuse and things to deescalate. Uh, all my educator friends in the chat will know that when you, you get two kids in a fight at school, 
you got to get some de-escalation time before you're going to get arrive at anything conclusive and and, uh, and 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 make any ground towards healing and towards repairing relationships. But at the end of the day, you know, we have to care about each other and we have to be charitable. And so, uh, does he have a right to do it? Yes. Uh, was it the best timing? Probably not. And that, and that's what I mean too about you know the tone deafness of it. If that's his opinion, then that's great. I have a lot of opinions that I choose not to share because I know I'd be doing it just to get a reaction or I know the reaction to it would be not what I desire. And so if he's that out of touch with what's going on in the country right now that he thought that he would tweet that and it would just either be swept under the rug and no one would say anything or it would be celebrated, he's not on the same twitter that i'm on you know what i mean so i, I know I, I was gonna say the exact same thing dude i think that he, you know for well, I th- we're all on the same page like he has the right to say it and everybody has the right to respond i don't i can't imagine somebody is that out of out of the what i don't know what the word i'm looking for is they're just out of the loop that they don't know exactly what they're doing when they say something like that like i feel like that was generated to spark a reaction i I have to believe that uh not not because anything he's saying has to be controversial it's just at the time with everything going on right now it's uh it's just it i feel like he there was something behind it if that makes sense if you're gonna jump it's not just him i mean you see you see that all across the spectrum a lot in fact that's most of what you see on social media when people are political. They, 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 they aim to get a reaction. So it's not just him. I mean, you see people on both sides of the spectrum, well, on both extremes and all strands through the middle. And um, my friend James Lawrence pointed out here earlier in the speech that freedom of, uh, of speech only applies to the government, meaning that, you know, the government cannot enact a law inhibiting free speech, but certainly private entities or, or even public groups or employers can restrict that. Like, as an educator, I can't go on social media and post nudes of my wife or, or this and that or, or be vulgar and not expect well, to have that's not rushed anything. What's that? <laughs> <laughs> Will, why, why does Will look so disappointed? We were doing what so, am I if I can't make jokes? We were doing so good, though. <laughs> uh all right well hey look so uh i love i love roscoe jumping in with questions like that uh when everybody who's not aware should be aware that roscoe is australian so (laughs) so good good for you roscoe for for stirring it last thing i'll say about this if you are going to stick your neck out and jump in on something that is polarizing don't be shocked when the reaction is that strong from the people that are on the opposite end. You know, I mean, you got to you got to weigh that before you jump in. And so, you know, I think the worst part of it and the part part we didn't even talk about was the fact that he used his wrestling tagline, forgotten no more than, you know, the forgotten sons. He used that tagline in the tweet, which made a lot of people question like, is this, is he trying to get like, heat like for his character which that would be extremely tone deaf like a whole nother level of tone deaf if you're going to take what's going on in the world and try to like 
use it to generate heat for your your wrestling persona cut that out man well come on i mean uh what what's uh drake maverick i mean I, I this is another level don't get me wrong i'm just saying like but is anybody is is wwe above any of that oh no know. no no listen I, <laughs> no no I, I i'm just glad that guys like like uh kevin owens jumped in and like hopefully put him in his place i mean again he's free to share his opinion what's up with ali as well yeah so i mean you know and roscoe said in the chat you know hey isn't you know isn't he you guys president like certainly he's not alone in his opinion well it seems like he's alone in the wwe locker room at least the ones that are active on twitter so or at least in the the idea that he needs to be broadcasting right now right like just in that manner uh mustafa lee i mean i think he's got an interesting perspective himself like he's been tweeting a lot about stuff uh as a former police officer i mean that's what he did before wrestling so uh him coming in and and discussing maybe maybe trying to give him a a, a just give him the benefit of the doubt i stand by everything i said earlier but you know i mean it's especially in the nwa country um you know you, you here in the deep south we're we're predominantly in red state country and so i think i think he might be responding in a way that reflects a frustration that 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 all this all this media attention is is tending to group people on the right as a bunch of you know racists and and uh you know like they're like we weren't all offended and, and outraged by what happened with with the tragedy with george floyd and all that so he may be reacting to that because what i see a, a particularly large amount of boldness on the side of a, a certain side of the spectrum going out and throwing things and, and delegitimizing certain office holders and this and that. And he may just have been responding saying, look, come on now, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's place things in a proper cultural and political context. There are way different ways that people see this and, uh, and this strikes people in different ways. It's not necessarily the way you see it. So it may have been that, but at the same time, when, when, when people are so outspoken, you have to know that you're, your response is going to get a reaction and you have to be willing to, to absorb the reaction. So. Um, he does work front for Rose wanting a, he does work for whiskey Gary to revisit this topic. Game, so. Yeah. I was waiting for that to come up. I was saying uh, WWE front row is uh, wanting whiskey Gary to revisit this topic in about an hour. So we'll bring it back up. We'll bring it back up. Hang with us. <laughs> I don't have any whiskey today. In fact, I, I just, I went, I took Will's route and uh, I've got a few seltzers to try. I have a truly lemonade, a white claw mango over there. And I have this Bud Light seltzer free advertisement. Uh, what has happened to us? I'm drinking. I mean, I'm gonna drink it, but now Rob, now Rob's the one shaking his head disapproving. Yeah. What did we do? What? It's we not American. We, it's not. We come on here and we sip whiskey, brother. That was the agreement. <laughs> that was the agreement. Yeah. I, thought, I thought. But uh, but yeah, for what it's worth, Will was bringing up an interesting point that WWE did make a big uh ordeal today, or the big post about uh the Black Lives Matter movement, and that seems counterintuitive to some things that they've done in the past as well or not i mean it's tough to say but it's it's not tough to say it's they wwe's all over the place too. i don't put anything past them they're just you know they also work with saudi arabia which i don't think is the greatest thing i, ga- world, I gave but. up on anything that wwe 
does making sense a long time ago. Story Here's what you do. Yeah. Oh, sorry, man. Just storylines, anything. This is no exception. Yeah, it's it's disappointing. NWA for life. I used to find myself having loyalty to companies a lot. And I've I've like literally over the past like year, year and a half, I've gotten over that. Like my cell phone service, I've had Verizon for like 10 years or something. So I'm like, oh, I should stick with Verizon. And now more and more, I'm like, why? Why am I doing that? It doesn't matter. They don't care. And uh, WWE was that way. Like I did not want to, I didn't want to cancel the network because I was like, it's WWE. That's my whole life. I can't, you know, I've, I've watched them since I was like five, you know, or three or something. So like, how can I cancel the network? I've had it since the day that it came out. But eventually, you just like you know what this has no, there's there's no other connection between us except my wallet and their merchandise. So it's like, you know, their product, and, my wallet. That's the only relationship we have. So and then one day you anyway. look up and you see Zicky Dice licking a TV title, and you're like, peace out, WWE. I'm in. WWE. Yeah, we're done here. We're done here. I saw somebody ask earlier, by the way, if you're in the chat and you've asked a question that we've missed so far, I'm behind. I just moved it on down the line so I can feel like I'm caught up with everybody. So, uh, you know, re-ask it or re-bring up a topic you'd like to see discussed if we haven't hit on it yet. I did see somebody mention Zicky Dice being a face. I literally was thinking about that uh, earlier today too, that man, when we get back, Zicky Dice is going to be a face. Like they try to play around with that. And I'm like, nobody's, people love Zicky Dice. I mean, he could be a jerk all he wants, but I have a hard time believing that guy's not going to have a lot of support. With He's lovable. He's a lovable guy. Him. Like you got to lean into that, that, uh, that lovable character, the lovable part of his character. I love yeah, him. What I, I'm, that's what I'm saying. I don't think the NWA is obsessed with the concept of heelishness and faceishness. You know what I mean? I think that uh, that the characters are who they are. People applaud them or they don't. You know, you don't really have villains per se, and no no pun intended there with Marty Skrull. But you know, I think that uh, Outlander Zicky Dice is who he is. He's outlandish. He's not really changed. He he ha- he did say some things on social media that I thought were out of character for him. Just that struck me as odd, but. You know, he is, I think, Zicky, if you want to use the term face to mean somebody who's over, he is a face. There's no doubt. Even if he tries to be a heel, he's a, and I think Nick Aldis to some extent. And uh, the Fortson and wrestling with the MMA may disagree, but I think Nick Aldis is to some extent a face. But he's also a heel. I mean, they're, they're, it just, they're not preoccupied with it. It's not that big a deal in our company. All right, so uh, the let's see here. I'm going to move down a little bit, and uh, oh, uh, I, I will say Roscoe did help us round this back off uh, by saying that uh, Riker is a former NWA national champion, so that uh, helps tie things back in. Um, let's see here. Oh, one thing I did want to bring up too about this, and I swear to God, I'll let it go. Is uh, I saw putting you over Mitch in there mentioned here like i could see him getting a receipt because of this i was thinking like when they get into these battles online and maybe that's just part of the business but you're like uh dang what if like what happens when they get into these hard arguments and then they have to get in the ring together that's all that's tough uh but i guess that's part of being professional edge and matt hardy work together after some pretty intense stuff so i don't know 
Uh, let's see here. So we're moving on down the line. Yeah, uh, for anybody who doesn't know, uh, Zicky Dice does have a Twitch stream. I see that being discussed. I also saw Danny Jordan being discussed earlier in the chat too, and I'm a huge Danny Jordan fan, by the way. And she is on this week's Piper's Notes with uh, Rob and Piper Stinson. So if you haven't checked that out, you definitely should. Uh, Danny Jordan's another one of those. Like I kind of wish kind of keep hoping in the back of my mind because she's been all over like it's like people like her and zicky like i have no doubt they're they're fine it's like how i felt about ricky starks like ricky starks is gonna land somewhere right so i feel like danny jordan's already made her way and uh she's she's gonna end up somewhere my hope is with the nwa but uh anyway that was just my thought there how how, how do you feel about uh getting to hang out with danny jordan a little bit rob and she's she's like she's a hot commodity right now. You're right, man. Everybody's talking about her. I think like we've had some. We've not even seen all the Circle Squares yet. I think there's still an episode that we were there for that is not aired yet. A couple actually, um, but uh, um, it seems like everybody that I talk to talks about Circle Square. Talks about Danny Jordan and the Mean Girl. She made such an. If you're gonna go in that segment and make an impression, she certainly did it. Now, my first impression, whether it was, I was like, gosh, she's intolerable. I can't stand to hear her talk. But Piper loved her. You know, Piper loved the whole Mean Girl bit. And, and uh, when we, uh, and you guys will see this on Friday, which is typically when our Piper's notes uh, are released. Uh, um, she was great, man. And she she was her. She was who you expect her to be. She was sassy, very intelligent, very, uh, 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 at, at the same time, she was very considerate, spent a lot of time with us. Um Man, I think you guys are really going to love this episode. But I, I have really grown. At first, my first impression of her was uh, I was impressed by her. I didn't necessarily like her, but I've become a big Danny Jordan fan uh, over the course of 10th Circle Squared up to this point, which has been, I guess, two months or so. Right. Yeah. Uh, she, she just has a unique look, too, and a, like a unique character. I mean, I, I know that there's like this basic like bully hill thing, uh, but you know, she has a, 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 a nice approach to it. I think like the, the way she handles things and it's almost again, that problem of it. It almost makes her lovable too, just the way that she attacks this thing. And she actually has the bird book and all of that stuff. I, uh, she, she told us, and I don't want to spoil too much of what comes out on Friday, but she was telling us that uh, we asked her about when, you know, when the whole mean girl thing, took root in her she's like you know i've always been a fan it's always been my favorite movie and i've always identified with the girls of mean girls and all that uh she said but i i didn't start out that way in wrestling she started out doing this sort of beach bum type thing uh and it never really failed and she's like i don't even really want to talk about it because i hate even thinking about that it doesn't seem like me anymore but uh she's like you know the the uh the the mean girl thing was just so organic it was like so natural and and being able to do that just made me feel so much com comfortable as a performer because it's what I love and, and it's how I see myself. And, and, and we've said this multiple times on this show that the best wrestlers are those who aren't faking a gimmick, man. They're, it's, the, it's the wrestlers that are being themselves. Uh, and so she, when you, what you see her and her expression as the mean girl, she's being herself. You know, she said, look, you know, I had, a, I had a burn book in high school. I was a C student. I wasn't the popular kid. I didn't like the popular kids. I still don't like the popular kids. And she was she was who, you know, she appears to be. Rob, I hate to cut you off, my friend. I love you guys. And uh, but 
You never know what's going to happen when you tune into This is the NWA podcast. Sometimes special, uh, surprising people show up. And uh, so I think we've got one right now. Let's see who it is. Let's uh, heard a knock on the door. Who do we have here? La Mera Mera. Thunder Rosa is here, chat room. See, I told you, you never know. You never know what's going to happen. I'm blessing you with my presence, motherfuckers. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Brian is like, censor yourself, Melissa. Sorry, I just had a rough training session today, but I'm here. No, uh, I, I want everybody to uh, please give props to Thunder Rosa on social media and everywhere else for doing this for us she is here and uh she just got done with practice and uh she is sweet enough to to like she said bless us with her presence so uh thunder rosa i don't think you've met will he's in the chat here and robert stinson you probably know robert stinson I, I know I'm robert sure. hi robert how are you hi will hey good to meet you good to hey, meet you and that's drago who's been completely out of control because we have new neighbors across from where we live and he every time somebody knocks on the door he goes absolutely insane so oh that's awesome i know that's I, i've got dogs too so i'm surprised they haven't gone crazy so so uh what made your training so difficult today like it was it just standard stuff no so i'm like i've been going really hard the last i will say month since they started reopening stuff here in texas and today I had uh, jujitsu at six in the morning. Then right after that, I had like, I do some other stuff with uh, boxing and, and conditioning. And then today I had MMA training and I'm really working on my stand up and, and it's just, it's been really tough, but I'm, I'm working on it and I'm not the best yet, but we're getting there. And then I had wrestling, but um, I've been, I'm very aggressive now when I'm getting into takedowns and stuff. And um my knee that just didn't want to cooperate today. So I had to like take, take it, like literally take a knee and, and just not train anymore. So it's a little swollen right now, but it's, it's like, I've been having problems with this knee for six years since I started wrestling. So hopefully it's nothing serious. I'm just going to take a couple of week, uh, days off. So. Gotcha. Well, at least you get a break, but you're coming right off of the blue belt. That's pretty awesome. Uh, watched your video. I was there on that premiere. That was cool to see. And I'm glad you got footage of it and everything. Are you still riding more, high on that? But, you know, I got edited because uh, my, my, per my, my person that edits my videos, she's like, this is too long and you can't hear anything. But, um, but you guys saw, I, I, put a, I post a video when um, somebody actually recorded it for me. And I didn't know. Otherwise, I would have given him my phone. But I literally did like a, a wrestling entrance when they announced my name. I'm like, yeah, everybody high five, everybody high five. And then as soon as I get to the front, I do a front roll. And I'm like, yes, finally I get this. It's like, <laughs> it means so much to me because a lot of people, they have normal jobs, right? They work nine to five in an office usually, or they do other stuff. I am a professional wrestler who's like traveling all the time, who's crazy enough to be like, oh yeah, let, let me do MMA, right? It started in May. My fight was in November. Many other times I didn't have time to, to like, uh, to go to practice. So just having the belt with me is just like, God, like, I feel like I, I earned a championship. It's just every stripe. It was like, I earned it. It was every bruise, every sore muscle, every headache. 
every time I would complain to Brian, I don't want to go to practice. He'll be like, no, you need to get up and, you know, you need to try your best. And I'm still, you know, it's a working process. It's, it's, it's a journey, a long life journey. And I love it. I think one of the coolest parts about, uh, and we, we definitely have to put over your uh, YouTube page. You've got an awesome YouTube page and it uh, looks like you've got things straightened out. There was some problem with like monetization or something. They were like fighting with you, I guess. But uh, the I'm glad to see you got it together now, but uh, you, you, it's been really cool to see you even in the time that it is right now. Like you're like working out in, in the apartment and stuff. And it's just, even with the dog, like you incorporate the dog into your workout and stuff. So let Drago's help it out. And, uh, and that's inspiring, man, because like, I, I am real quick to be like, Oh, well, I can't go to a gym or anything. So I probably shouldn't do anything, but I see you. And then I'm like, all right, I am a lazy piece of crap. If I don't get up. No, it's like for me, the, the, um, I think what, what made it is like, I saw everybody complaining, like, oh, I'm gaining weight. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm doing that. And for me, it's like, we have so many adversity right now in many different ways. And we have to find uh, what makes us happy. I mean, wrestling, it's one of the things, wrestling was everything for me at one point. And then it came MMA and it was just training, getting all that. And then it was taken away, like from one day to another. You know, so I was like, all right, so there's things that I can still do that I can still find joy in doing. And they cost me absolutely anything and I won't be around people and I can still, you know, follow the social rules, uh, the social distancing. And that was running, you know, and, and that was doing like the prisoner um, workouts at home, which I hated working at home. But my, one of my friends is like, oh, you should try the Zoom exercises for Fam Gladiator. And I, I liked it. Like they was it was challenging. And it just it, it kept me focused. It kept me like having a schedule feeling like normal. And I mean, like, thankfully, like here, Brian was working. So he was like, everything was normal. And I would keep doing what I, was, I needed to do, you know, and uh, I took this time to like really rest in terms of like, not taking bumps and um, not traveling so much because that was killing me. And, um, you know, I started sharpening my my skills in, in, in MMA because I have, I have three more fights. I don't know when that's going to happen. When it's happened, I'm, I want to be ready for it. I don't want to be, you know looking like I look on my first fight because of like, again, there was, there was so much adversity too in my first fight. And I mean, I did it and I lasted three rounds, but I, it's not, I want to last and survive. I want to, I, I want to put a performance and I, I want to finish that fight. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it's interesting to know you have three coming up. I don't want to take up everything here. I see Rob, Dr. Stinson over there has uh, the, the lovely Piper, uh, over there, did Piper? Did you have something you wanted to add since uh, Thunder Rosa made an appearance here? She's like, "Is that Thunder Rosa?" I was like, "Yes." <laughs> I actually did my hair. That's why you don't recognize me. <laughs> <laughs> well, she heard you talking, and she she darted in here. So um, I was going to ask you, Thunder Rosa, and uh, you know, when we when we look back on this time after everything kind of resumes normalcy. You're, there are going to be people that they talk about were big heroes when it comes to like producing material for the fan base to digest. I think of you primarily, and I think of like Camille. Now, uh, going back, when you, those of us, we all know you. We followed you have through your career back in Lucha Underground with Cobra Moon and all that. But when you came into NWA, there was such a mystery about you, you know, with the paint and the drum beat and the just so how cool. When you decided uh, after the shutdown, um, when you and Brian Rosa sat down and, and talked about your channel, 
was there a struggle with you about uh, putting the stuff out? Like, did you feel like, hey, this will, you know, I'm going to be pulling a lot of the mystery away. I'm going to, like, what went into that deliberation process? Because we, like, love your stuff. We watch everything you put out, you know? I, but you know, we feel well, like I, we know you very I, well. I think um, it, it's part of me and it's part of, like, there's there's two different people, right? It's Melissa Cervantes, which is probably what you see on my YouTube channel, but I have to name it Thunder Rosa because Thunder Rosa has more clout. So um, uh, that's that's me. This is me like 24 seven. Like what you see in the YouTube YouTube channel, this is this is me. I'm a genuine, uh, very nice. Like somebody was telling me, like you're so genuine, so nice. You're always like, if you have food and somebody's hungry, you give your food to that person. You know, like I really appreciate that. But then you get in the cage and then you go all crazy. You know, so it's like there's two people: it's Melissa and the Thunder Rosa. When you see, when you get Thunder Rosa, you get somebody else, and I'm like ready to beat your ass. Like, don't mess with me. And I've been saying that many times, and I will keep saying that from now on. It's like um, whoever wants to take what I have right now, it's it's gonna be a fight. I'm not just gonna be like you know a punk and just gonna lay down for whoever. Like, no. Like I've been preparing myself for anything that comes in the future. So there you go. That's that's the two personalities. From the fifty that I have. <laughs> personalities, and we, we again, we, we just like I said, everything you put out, we digest. We make it. You're, you're very important in our house, and you know that. We've talked before, but uh, yeah, keep putting it out. Keep putting it out. Thank you. Will, do you have anything you wanted to throw out before I start rambling again? Yeah. Well, you know, in addition to it's a, it's an honor to meet you. Um, what have you thought about Carnyland and the stuff that NWA has been doing kind of during this, this shutdown period? What's, what's your take on all that? Man, it's like people can hate as much as they want in terms of like, oh man, there's no wrestling here. Why are you guys doing this? It is more difficult to have something like what we're trying to do with Carnyland than just have regular matches with, you know, in an empty arena. Why? Because people need to be creative and we need to create new things that will entertain people in a different way. You know, so for me, Carnyland has definitely been a challenge because, um, again, we want to make sure that we protect uh, my, my character as Thunder Rosa, but everybody else gets the chance to, like, do different things and, and be um, creative, and, and you get to see the different characters and the different lens. Um, I am all for it. I, like I said, I love working with Lagana and Billy. They're very two very creative people, and, um, and they, again, they continue to allow us to work on other things that other companies wouldn't allow us to. And perfect example was the Girl Power uh, first episode that we did. I don't think I have ever heard from any other company, big company, to talk about something so openly and honestly to the fans. And I'm not talking about in like in a kayfabe kind of thing. No, we are talking like real talk, you know? And, um, and I do appreciate that because again, People are afraid of losing their jobs and whatever, and they don't want to say anything. But there's certain things that need to be said, and um, and they're all for it. I mean, as long as you're not, you know, going on like a super like right or left, I think um, uh, it is important to inform your 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 people on your platform and 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 to let them know how you feel about certain things. And like I said, mental health and suicide prevention is really big for me. Um, and then like last Sunday, I did a, my live feed which I was really hesitant to do, but I had to like say something because again, I don't like to just put like a vague post on my social media and then, you know, just do the, do the talking, you know, I do the talking, I do the, I walk the walk and do the talk too. So, um, you know, I'm, I, 
in my other life, I was a huge activist. My husband and I, we, we used to rally people, used to organize people in Oakland. So this, you know, a lot of the stuff, it, it hit home and, and, and it just, you know, it aches my heart, but you know, it's, I'm, I'm going to be doing other stuff and I'm not going to be posting, Oh, I'm doing this. Like, no, in my community, I, I have a, I have a responsibility, you know, to do, to do things and represent my people represent my culture and represent, you know, uh, and help others that are in, 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 in need. Absolutely. And I, you know, you brought it up, but I was going to just say, I mean, girl power was, was, was must watch last week. And, and we, we talked about it a lot on our weekly show that we did over the weekend. Um, but that was, you know, it impacted me. Everyone I've talked to had a huge impact on. So, uh, you know, I'm sure you've been getting a lot of love for that, but um, thank you from us um, directly just for your honesty and, and willingness to go on there and do that. And I, I really appreciate everything you just said. Um, Cause I, I do think that, you know, right now with everything that's going on, you know, again, you can say what you want, that it's not pro wrestling, but Carneyland has been kind of a, a much, much needed, almost like therapy for me as a wrestling fan. Like I need to see that, that you're real, you know, I need to see that you're feeling the same stuff uh, that I, the same tensions that I'm feeling. So I, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And we really do appreciate that you guys continue to uh, support. And now with, we have a Patreon page, you know, and a lot, a lot of people are, are, are jumping on it and, and supporting us because that's this is how are we surviving and this is how we are like continue to like keep bringing new stuff to the table and we want to keep doing that. Again, we don't we don't want to put people at risk and, and, and have like fans and staff, you know, getting all like with each other and traveling and stuff because you don't never know. I mean, and that's and that's what I appreciate of our company that they take care of uh, of other workers and it's not like all money hungry and and, and everything because they could have done that if they wanted to it really was like okay guys you know what we need to make money i don't care you know but he really cares for us you know and that's uh that's the littlest thing that we can do which is like do other stuff in corner land yeah that's uh that's awesome man. i'm so happy you're here right now thunder Rosa, because uh Will is like a brand new NWA fan. And so we got, he just started making these daily videos and uh, he, he's just like jumped in and we just added him into the channel, let him put his stuff out on the thing. And now he's like doing these chats. And now like last week he had Nick all to show up and this week he's got Thunder Rosa. Awesome. So I think you're, you're just, he's, I, I don't think he knows what to do with himself. So I, I'm, I'm I have like no idea him. what's going on. Will, it only, <laughs> There's nowhere else to go, man. You've had both world's champs. You can, like, everything else is going to be substandard. So you've got you've reached the pinnacle of greatness, man. I keep, I keep saying it, but man, it's a, it's the Cinderella story. I mean, two months ago I was bored, sitting around, nothing to do, and now I'm I'm talking to the world, all the world's champions. Like, what no, I'm telling you, like the NWA. I think for uh, many people, uh, it has changed their life on why we're in another, you know, in a positive way. Like the people that have followed us from season one to now and they have gone through the uh, tribes and tribulations with us they stick with us you know because we really do care for our fans and it's not like i'm just saying that because i want you to buy my merch no we really do care for our fans and we take the time to to do different things that not anyone else is doing and we will continue to do that you know and um again i'm, I'm really happy to be part of this company because again i could have just said like you know what no i'm i'm, I'm just gonna part ways and do whatever I want and maybe not wrestle and just focus on other stuff but I I won't because again they they're 
they took a chance on me, you know, and they continue to take a chance on me and they see the talent and they see, and they see something in me that nobody else has by far besides Lucha Underground when I had a mask on done it for me as Thunder Rosa. So there you go. Well, I know you're not saying that, so I'll, so I'll buy your merch, but I'm going to buy it anyways. So. <laughs> All right, I'll be waiting for your name to pop up on my um, on my uh, Squarespace. Where's the, uh, where's the black shirt at? What's going on with the black shirt? Well, black well Gary, I, I, when last time I talked to Thunder Rosa, I, I just bought the black shirt, and Thunder was telling me that the colored shirt, which is right behind her, was just about to come out. Is that out it's, yet? It's, no, it's been so hard because I'm trying to get a local uh, person to do my merchandise, so I'm not waiting for weeks because, like, it, because of the COVID, like a bunch of stuff that I order, I usually order from Mexico. It got delayed. Because a lot of the stores are closed and it's hitting them really hard in Mexico City. So um, my guy took forever. He sent me, he just sent me the stuff. So I just, I should be getting all the t-shirts this week. And I'll be sending them like at the end of the week. But, um, but yeah, I'm trying to get this one. And I got some dope, very dope merchandise coming in. Um, it's just going to be special order. I don't know if you guys saw, I have like, um, not covers, uh, blankets. Just big old blankets. Beautiful blankets. They're going to be nice. special orders. So whoever orders them are going to get them because they're kind of pricey. But again, you guys know that I like to have different merchandise than anyone else in the business, you know. And um, and I'm very proud of saying like with, with the pictures, with, with you know, the deals, with everything. Um, I'm getting my stuff together this year, guys. So no, you, you're killing it. You're, you're like a, you're a marketing genius over there. You and uh, Brian, like, have a have like a tag team that just dominates in that area i don't well, know. You know what the important part is like when you find people that are willing to help and willing to like throw uh information to to like you know uh educate you about the youtube monica's been like monica lester she's been uh and so hard on me on on youtube so um she did a lot of the stuff in there she's done a lot of stuff on my website um, now we uh, launch our, our website for Mission Pro Wrestling, which add on costume matches, which which is another side hustle that I will be doing. You know, because people people buy costume matches, and you know, WWE got the studio wrestling because we do that. And we've been doing that for years. Mildred Burke actually made a living after wrestling with costume matches. Just let me put that out there. And um, so we're trying to do that so we give more opportunities to the girls that have not had work right now to work. You know, and especially in Texas, because it's open, so it's it's safely and um, and they get a little bit of income. So um, I'm really excited about that. Um, and then we're working on other stuff, which will come up. But um, I mean, it's a lot of work, a lot of planning, and um, we love it. I mean, I can tell you, people at the gym they don't call me Melissa; they call me Thunder Rosa. Hey, Thunder Rosa, I saw your post. Oh my god! Or some like, oh my god, um, or the guys that are rolling, they get weirded out. It's like. You posted a bikini picture. I don't know if I should like it or not. I feel weird. <laughs> so it's like really interesting. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I guess I'm doing something because people know and people see and people watch the the stuff that I related to wrestling. And uh, it feels well, good. Yeah, I don't even know if you remember like the first time we talked I, and I was telling you, I knew who you were before I ever saw you like wrestle. Uh, I was excited. I was like telling the NWA they should have you before like I'd ever even seen a match. Like I just saw your social media and you would pop up in places. And I was like, 
man, she looks cool. Like, who is this? I got this, this person. And uh, I don't know, you just kept showing up, like popping up on the radar. And I was like, I want Thunder Rosa. And like the second you walked out, I was pumped. I was like, yes, this is what I've been waiting for. And uh, so it's, it's, it's really cool to see you go and, and didn't evolve like you have uh, over time. So uh, no, I think you guys are, are doing a great job. I don't want to ignore people in the chat if, if you've got a little time. Uh, I have got, a uh, five more minutes because I have another uh, Zoom meeting with my friend in Korea. So. Oh, no problem. Yes. No, you, you are like, you are doing us a huge favor. So, so people, if you haven't seen it yet, I, I need to get it back up on YouTube. But Th Thunder Rosa and I have had, had an interview in the past before, but um, the, like, how did you, how did you meet Billy and Dave, that, that's the one that came up and I was just thinking about this when you showed up there. Like, how, how did you end up in the NWA exactly? I do have a black eye, I think. Oh, sorry, I get black eyes all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, same, you know, it's just tough, tough person life. You know? Everybody's like, what happened to your nose? It's called MMA, guys. My hands went down. Um, uh, I don't abuse her. Yeah, he doesn't abuse me, by the way. <laughs> No, you know, I respect, I respect Brian, but I, I, I am not worried about anybody abusing you. No, it's like <laughs> when I used to live in Oakland, I, I used to, I get a lot of bruises after practice, wrestling practice. And one lady, she came to the side and she was like, do you need me to call the police? Is your husband abusing you? And I'm just like, no lady, I'm a professional wrestler. <laughs> you know, so, but to answer your question, uh, I met Lagana in an ROH show. Okay. He approached me after we talked on social media because he was following, he was following my social media for about a good year, right, Brian? Yeah. yeah. So he was liking things and seeing things. And then um we talked in ROH and we clicked and then he that's when he said, Hey, I got something for you. Just be patient. But I had so many people told me that so many people told me that and I was just like, Yeah, sure, whatever. You know? And then <laughs> and then it happened. And and then when I met Billy was in the first tapings on the first season. And I swear to God, I was fangirling like inside. I was like, oh my God, Billy Corgan, oh shit. You know, I used, to, I used to listen to his music in MTV when I was in Mexico. It's so dope. You know, I was like, oh, nice to meet you, Mr. Billy. <laughs> no, and then like later on, I'm just watching and I'm like, damn. And then I just got to know him more and more and more. I was like, he's an awesome human being. Like like through and through man like you know some people like they they make comments about certain people and like you you kind of like just listen and whatever but like everything that i i experienced with billy and, and lagana is it's been nothing but positive i mean they're they are super approachable and um uh and i really, really enjoy working with them i really do enjoy working with them that's good. And uh, so, so you were, you've been training and I, I know you got to get going, but you, you've been training for this uh, MMA fight, but so you don't know exactly when it's going to be. You just know you have one coming. So you just want to be ready. Is that, did I understand that right? I have to kill somebody. Like technically <laughs> I'm allowed to do that in the cage. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm getting ready for it. Like mentally, uh, physically I'm doing uh, a lot of meditation now. So it like keeps me uh, focused. Like I said, this last couple of weeks has been has been rough because of all the situation, and it really hit, it really hits me because I am a social worker at, at heart still, and um, an activist, or I used to be an activist. So it's just like it's a lot a lot of emotions. So I have to stay focused, 
and um, so I'm taking a different approach on my training now. Uh, I'm definitely with all this time, I'm taking it very serious. So I go to the gym five times a week, six times when I have time. So I'm putting I'm putting in the reps and I'm putting the the stuff and I can tell you I that has to, that hasn't taken anything from my wrestling. I I wrestled two weeks ago and man it was so much fun and like I, my cardio is so good in the ring. So I was like I'm like I'm proud of myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. You should be. Uh, did you guys have any last things you wanted to add with uh, Miss Rosa while she's here hanging out with us? Just, just thanks for your time. This, this was awesome. Yeah. You're welcome, Will. Robert is so dope. I like, I like you and your daughter. You guys are so dope. I'm gonna hit you up for something, um, something that I'm working for my YouTube page that is very, very important to me. But I'll let you know. Yes, I've and, I've, and I've got stuff. We've been doing a work, a lot of work around the house, and with, with quarantine, I, I've got, I've not forgotten about our women's title project. I'm not. I, I'm actually working on it, but I, yeah. I will be. But yeah. we love you, Thunder Rosa, and, and you are a, a noble champion, and you're the uh, you're the perfect person to be the champion during this crazy time. So salute you. Uh, thank, thank you for joining you. us tonight. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, and uh, thank you. Thank you for real. I I didn't I didn't even expect that you for sure would show up today. I told these guys we had no special guest. Uh, that nothing was going to happen. So I think you you helped me blow their minds. So this is this is we never awesome. we and, never uh, believe you. <laughs> they always assume i'm lying <laughs> so <laughs> that's good policy well i'm glad i'm here and i'm glad i'm you know saying hi to y'all and uh like i just saw the message at like 8 15 and i was like oh man i gotta take a shower and get out of here limping so <laughs> 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 Now, you know, guys, you guys are my, um, you guys are my priority and you guys will always be my priority until I stop wrestling and doing MMA, you know, because of you guys and everybody that supports NWA and supports my career, I'm able and continue to live my dream and to live a life that I will never thought I would. And I'm so blessed and I will use this platform to like, again, to spread positiveness and to spread, um, just, um, Things that people will not really feel the courage to say it, you know, and I will say it. Yeah. I think it's I think it's time to to to, to switch the gears and 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 do that in a in a positive way. So that's what we love about you. That's, uh, <laughs> no, no, you're you're amazing. Thank you again for doing this, and uh, you have a good rest of your evening, Thunder Rosa. Thank you, guys. Sorry you couldn't stay longer because I have another one. <laughs> okay, we are satisfied. Thank you so much. <laughs> love you guys. Thanks for supporting NWA. Keep spreading the love. Always. Always. Adios. Adios. Guys, well, I hope you can top that. I hope you got something to talk about that's better than Thunder Rosa showing up on the show. No, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh so we're streaks alive still <laughs> we, we kept it kept it going gary surprise you just, special you keep, guest you keep setting the bar and you're the only you're the one that has to live up to this not us you're the one that's making this happen so like now next week you gotta the pressure's on you bud yeah it's billy corgan next week oh god not really i'll pass <laughs> i'll pass out the Queen of England. <laughs> Hello, Gary. <laughs> Hello, love. 
<laughs> it's been so long since we've talked. <laughs> uh, all right. I, Rob, I see you You just grabbed a, a notebook or something. So I'm excited. Or a piece of paper there. Like it's, his debate, it's his debate notes. After Thunder Rosa, it's like you, I just feel like I'm on cloud nine. And now I'm like, oh, it's just Gary and Will now. <laughs> Yeah, I know, I know. And uh, chat, I tried to, Roscoe, I tried to tackle your question about joining the NWA, so I hope that counts enough. Front row, I saw you throw something in there. You know we're going to hang out with these people again someday. So I, I apologize if I missed something in the chat. Uh, I just knew she had uh, very, very little bit of time to uh, deal with us today, and uh, it was super sweet of her to, to do that in between talking to her friend and uh, right after the gym, I, I honestly did not know for sure she was going to, and she still, she still did it. So uh, anyway, thanks again to Thunder Rosa. And I mean it, all of you guys, like anytime people do stuff like this, I, I don't want to sound like a uh, annoying pest about this, but thank them on social media. Let them know how much you appreciate them doing stuff like this, because I mean, they do it because they love you guys and they want the, the fans to know that they're appreciated, but always try to make sure they know how much we appreciate too like that there's no other wrestling company like this there's no other wrestling company that these people are as available like this that are going to show up somewhere just randomly in the middle of the night on a zoom chat to to talk to you guys so uh anyway enough of that rob what's in your hands all right so uh topic of discussion i know we've got wrestling with the mma in the house i thought we see saw pot costa earlier i know the fortson might be lurking out there somewhere the question is this, and, and the reason I bring this up, and I think it's timely because we saw Nick Aldis and Tim Storm uh, wrestle tonight in what, what I call the classic match, and I think it is a classic match. Uh, my question for you guys, and, and, and I'd love to see the chat uh, room ch uh, uh, chime in as well. We are on day 591 of the second title reign of Nick Aldis. For a total of 857 days, if you count the 266 from his first title reign, he has been the world's champion for, I think, on the all-time list, number nine, number 10, or number 11. I can't quite remember. Is it time Is it time to consider Nick Aldis one of the greatest NWA champions of all time? Of all time now. And, and I know that people define NWA champion in different ways. A lot of people like to root it back to 1948. For me, I think an argument, and I think Brian Solomon might even be able to make this case too. I think you can make an argument that this, this, this championship can arguably stretch back to at least 1905 in some ways. I mean, there's some strengths in some area, but we have a, a championship, a recognized championship that eventually became formalized in 1948 with the NWA. And since that time, only 11 men have held it longer during a single reign than Nick Aldis. He's, he's rash, rapidly approaching that 11th number. So I'd like to, to get that conversation started. Is it time to talk about Nick Aldis not just being the greatest champion today of all the promotions? Is it time to talk about him being one of the greats of all time? And uh, you guys know I like Nick, and you don't have to all agree with this. But I'd like to hear some pros and cons. I mean, I have some cons against that, too. I have more pros, but I think this needs to be discussed now because I really think that we're living in a historic time, and I, I would like people to be aware of how historic a time this is. I, I think it is time to call him that, but not necessarily because of the length of his reign, 
I think it's the nature of it and the context of it because he he and Tim Storm, but but mainly uh, Aldis has been carrying the title in this reemergence, this rebirth of the NWA. That's got to be considered, and it's got to be significant. So, you know, I'm not at all discounting previous champions or anything like that. But you know, the the Wilderness years, all that stuff, and NWA is kind of off the map, and then Billy Corgan buys it, and and uh, you know hooks his trailer up to Tim Storm and Nick Aldis and you know Nick Aldis is the one with the the Aldis crusade and and takes it all around the world and um, gave it the notoriety that it's been deserving and so for me that's why I would say yes it's time to consider him one of the greatest NWA champions of all time not just the length of the title reign I'm 100% on the same page with Will there Um, the biggest deal uh doc you bring up an excellent point about the length for sure because that's one of the things that blows my mind every time like i and i do this now just because like i just go look at the list of nwa heavyweight champions and uh i think i'm in good company because i'm positive that uh robert reads the list uh before he goes to sleep every night but uh when i when i go and uh look at that list and i see nick aldis over the last like year or so like just creeping up the list on wikipedia like when you look at it there it's been fantastic like it's just been so much fun to watch and to think about that he's a part of that history and like now he's like creeping up in you know like title reigns like as a part of that history and not only that but what with what will's saying it's like it could have been a factoid that was lost to time that wouldn't matter as much to like the next generation of wrestling fans. Like maybe just would have been like some minuscule unknown thing. And uh, because if you think about the NWA, like you think about guys like us, like Rob, uh, there's like people just a little bit older than us where they were like fans when the NWA was at its peak, but they're, they're like the last people that were hanging on the people that like came through to like WCW. And, and, and again, that's not to knock, like you said, the wilderness years or anything like that, but with like Jay Cal and stuff there, there are obviously exceptions. People like him hang on to the legacy of the NWA, but it was slipping away. And because of what's happening right now, Nick Aldis has not only creeped his way into the historical part of it, but he's by, by holding the title in such reverences for such a long period of time, he's also reclaiming the glory of that title. Like he's like, it always feels like a, you know, it's obviously not, but it was just like a one man uh, crusade, <laughs> all this crusade to make that title matter and to bring it back to where it once was. And I mean, anybody that doubts his ability to do it, I mean, just look how far it's come in the last like few years. Uh, like he says, the very first episode of NWA Power from a punchline to a headline, like that title matters now because of what he's been doing with it and how he's been carrying it. So yeah, a hundred percent. I think he's going to be in the discussion as one of the greats of all time because he has carried it for the length he has and also because he saved it uh, in a sense. 
And I think, you know, too, the length, the length is not the, the determinative factor, but it is a factor. I think great champions have lengthy reigns. But you look back at the list, and, and, and most of us, when someone throws out, say, like the name Dusty Rhodes, we think, oh, yes, he's one of the greats ever. But this is a, a man who held, you know, he was a great wrestler who, who was a transitional champion three times who held the title for a month here. And altogether, I think it was like 120-something days altogether. The, the arguments that I see against it, I see like all this is age, that he's still rather young. Uh, you think about it when uh, he is now what – he was born in 86, so he's now 32, 33 years old. When Ric Flair hit his peak – and I would put that at right about 1986, 1987. People in 86 and 87 were saying that Flair was one, was maybe the greatest of all time. He was only 37 years old at the time and on his second or third title reign, but had not yet approached. Uh, well, his his second title reign had exceeded. He was in the middle of his second title reign, where, where Nick is at now. Um, the, the other argument that I've heard, and I think even Brian Rosa brought this up uh, uh, in – social media a few days ago or a couple weeks ago he was talking about does the shutdown of wrestling impact that i mean yeah he's held it for going on 600 days but he's not defended it because we're not defending titles right now in the nwa and my response to that was has been that it's not uncustomary to go lengthy periods of time you you've got luthes who would go you know four or five months you've got even in the modern era brock lesnar who might go 97 to 100 days you had Earl Caddick in the early era who was the world's champion, the recognized world's champion, left to fight in World War I, came back years later as still the champion, and no one doubts the legitimacy of that reign. And, and, and so that, those arguments don't dissuade me, but, but I agree with Will. It's, it's not necessarily the duration of the reign. I think that's part of it because great champions have really great long title reigns because they beat people, but it's the quality of the reign. It's uh, – the fact that he's beaten everybody he's had to, from Tim Storm to James Storm to Marty Skrull. He would have done it twice. He was about to go and face Carlito in Puerto Rico. He travels to foreign countries. Uh, he's been on four continents. He defends it cross-promotionally, which no one else does. And I think that here at day 591 of the second title reign of Nick Aldis, 857 days total, 11th longest reigning cumulative champion of all time. It is time to seriously consider Nick Aldis one of the greatest champions of all time. And despite what my good friend wrestling with the MMA says here in the chat, yes, Aldis has earned a place as a legend. That's my argument. Yeah, I don't think you're getting any argument out of us on that one. Uh the, the thing is, too, and, and just to address something I keep seeing pop up every time we have these kind of talks, uh, is that I'm not, when when we talk about Aldis like this, at least for me, I don't want to discount uh, anybody that came during that time that people hate call it, hate us calling the wilderness years. But uh, I don't want to discount it. I, Adam Pierce was on, uh, was it SmackDown this week? Like uh, directing traffic in the back. And like, uh, he's been showing up, his, his face is there. I think that... Honestly, I hope he becomes like uh, a central figure on the show. Like, I think that only serves to increase the legacy of the NWA title. If if that guy ends up finally, even if it's as a uh, figurehead in WWE, it at least will get him a place in wrestling history, and then people can trace it back to his run with the NWA title. Um, 
I'm not discounting those people. I think people like Dan Severn and Adam Pierce are probably the reason the NWA title is not dead uh, and that Aldis could take it and run with it now. I just look at Aldis in like a different place that like he's brought it now from hanging on to its mainstream again. Yeah, I mean, you know, pure pro wrestling fans will get what I mean when I say this, but anybody can win a belt but not everybody can be a champion. So there's a lot of guys that get a belt and they win a match in a storyline, but Nick Aldis is a champion and he carries himself that way. And we talked to him about it last week and we've talked about it amongst ourselves before, but there's just a, a certain prestige is the word that we always use that comes with being a champion. And he was the one that brought that to the rebirth of the NWA. So, you know, you know, I know, I know, Rob, you're, you said like, you're not harping on the length, but that is a factor. Um, but to me, that prestige is more memorable than the length. And when we look back on this period of time in history, you know, after Corgan buys the NWA and the rebirth and all that, we're going to remember Nick Aldis as the prestigious champion always no matter if this is the last time he is champion after he loses it or what happens. And I doubt that's going to be the case because he's, he's still young and he's, I think his prime is still ahead of him to be honest. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's absolutely. Right. You you think as far as, you know, talent goes, Nick Aldis is very young. I think he came into it, and uh, Gary, you'll know this better than me, but I think 2008, 7, 8, 9, somewhere around there is when he started really becoming a factor. Um, and uh, But but to, to Will's point, beyond just being great at defending the title of the ring, a, a, a world champion holds a position of almost like a head of state. They carry the company. That's why you put the belt on them. Not only because they're earning talent, but because they're they they can they can carry the company. And and who who can tell me that when they don't see Nick Aldis, whether it's on this show or whether it's on what's causing Aldis, or whether whether he's making a statement to the NWA community about the limitations of uh, recording during COVID, who can't tell me that when you see him speak, it's not like watching the State of the Union address when he speaks his words carry authority. And, uh, and that's a, 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 an intangible factor too. I mean, he is, anytime you saw Ric Flair from 86 to 89, whether he held the bell or not, and he almost always did, but even in those periods where he didn't, you still knew this was the man who was carrying the company. And, and Nick Aldis is, uh, Nick Aldis and Thunder Rosa right now are carrying the NWA, not only through the content they're putting out or the stuff they're putting out, but their statesmanship, their their knowing that their roles are bigger than just the ring. I mean, yes, they are spectator sport athletes uh, primarily, but they are carrying the weight of their company on their backs, and they understand the the responsibility they have to the fans. And you know, I think all of our a lot of our talents doing that. I mean, all of you know many of them are doing that. But these two really rise up to to the uh, to the to the top and. Uh, beyond just being amazing athletes and, and certainly world caliber legitimate title holders, they're statesmen, statespersons. And, uh, and that adds to the argument, you know, I mean, you can't tell me that anybody out there has as much gravity. I mean, 
there are people out there that when they speak, I listen. I listen to Chris Jericho when he talks because he's such a cultural figure. I mean, but, you know, I always listen to Thunder Rosa. I listen to Allison Kay, and I listen to, uh, to Nick Aldis. When they talk, they command my attention because their, their words carry authority. And, uh, and so, you know, it's just hard for me to conceive of a, of a situation where someone, especially like in Pro Wrestling Illustrated, and, and I don't put this on Brian because he's an advocate, but I, looking at the, this month's ratings in the August 2020 issue, Nick Aldis is ranked number 10. I'm like, are you kidding me? Number 10 behind uh, uh, Tessa Blanchard? He's ranked behind Braun Strowman. He's ranked behind Jake Hager. How is that possible in a rational world? What 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 metric are you using in, in a world where Nick Aldis has defeated Hager in the ring, and he, he's he is clearly in? I mean, I'm not going to weep about that because I, I but I respect Pro Wrestling Illustrated. It is it's the best publication that we have outside of life. I'll do respect to Jake Hager, but that's the one that pisses me off. Yeah, man. I mean, no, no disrespect to him at all. But, you know, you've got lots of good stuff, like what Meltzer puts out, Dave LeGrec and all their the, the different online stuff. But as far as print magazines, Pro Wrestling Illustrated is it. You have to, to be self-respecting, Nick Aldis has to be in the top three in the world. I would put him number one, but he has to be in the top three or, or it just, it's not a legitimate poll to me. I mean, it's always like an irritating thing to me, but I never let it bother me too much because I feel like we're just like climbing. Like we're just, I mean, it's going to happen eventually. Like I feel, and and there's a reason this this show is called This Is The NWA. And, and I mean, it's because I will advocate for the NWA for forever, but I legitimately wholeheartedly mean it when I say that I think it's the best wrestling right now. And uh, I, I have like no problem saying that. And I, I, I would argue it to anybody um there there are stories with this this title that like just another factor i mean you guys were, were kind of talking about this that that aldis carries it with such prestige that like he's already made it matter so much and you can hear it in his voice the things that he says and the stories that he tells that if and when that title changes hands it's gonna be a big deal and it's not gonna be like some goofy title change like it's gonna be for real when it happens and it's gonna require the endorsement of not only billy corgan or david legata it's also gonna require the endorsement of nick aldis like nick aldis you can tell that he has so much behind it he talked to us last week on the live show about that about it needs to mean something when that happens and uh i don't think he's just gonna just throw it out the window and uh and that starts not just with him credit where it's due that comes from a guy like tim storm too who could have done anything who could have taken the payout we know was offered to him to just drop the title to someone else right before billy took over everything and tim refused it because that's not how you do business and this is more important than that and uh that that makes all of that is part of the story like that weaves together to make this thing mean something. And uh, I, I think, I think we're going to see that like the further this goes, whoever the next champ is assuming Nick Aldis doesn't just retire with it, you know, say it's a possibility. Uh, I, I 
wholeheartedly believe it's going to be somebody deserving it. It's only going to be because it's the logical next step to elevate it further. So I'm not even like worried about that part, I guess. Let, let, let me just to, to round this argument out, let me just read this real quick. Here in the list of longest title reigns, and again, this is not the only factor, but this is key factor, okay? It's a key, it's a key fact. Longest title reigns, there have been eight men that have reigned in a single reign longer than, than all this. Their names are Luthez, Dory Funk Jr., Dan Severn, Gene Kaniski, Luthez's number third title reign, Harley Race, Pat O'Connor, and Ric Flair. Now, guess who's behind them in that top 12 list? Blue Demon Jr., Orville Brown, the first world champion, and the great Jack Briscoe. I'm telling you, you don't get into that list of top 12 if you're not one of the greats of all time. Roscoe's asking in the chat, do we think that uh, Nick Aldis is more important to the NWA than Jeff Jarrett was when he was champ in NWA TNA? Um, it's a different kind of argument. I, I, I think that... Uh, in the grand scheme of things, Jeff Jarrett had a very important role to play, much like um, uh, Adam Pierce had. Um, Adam Pierce is one of my favorite champions. Jeff Jarrett filled in a gap. You also got our truth. You know, uh, these are guys that were were fixtures, very important fixtures in the NWA that sustained the, the brand during the what we call the wilderness years. There's no slight meant by that term. This is just the years where it fell out of national prominence, where the, the PWI was discounting, where people in the mainstream aren't really knowledgeable about it. I think NWA TNA brought it more into of a, of a, of a mainstream, I wouldn't want to see mainstream presence, but in a true hardcore wrestling fan uh, perspective, uh, people were aware of it. Jeff Jarrett's important. There's no doubt about it. But when you look about the the great champions of all time who have risen, who have elevated the, the, the title to a national promise where people like Dave LaGreca or Dave Meltzer are saying, this is a world champion. Those people with important opinions who are informed and matter. Uh, Jeff Jarrett is not as important as Nick Aldis. He is important and he was important for a long time and he served a very important purpose. But as one of the greats, I wouldn't say so. Now I'm teachable on that. I like to hear the arguments against it. And I, Again, I don't know everything about this, but, uh, but you know, Nick Aldis has brought today, you know, it, the National Wrestling Alliance World Championship as a national title. It was not the case during the Jeff Jarrett days, it, it, during that, that 2003 to 2009 era like it is today. And I mean, hindsight's 2020. So Jeff Jarrett's importance is more so us looking back now with the context that we have that, yeah, that was important during that time it's it's not hindsight right now to know that what's happening right now with Nick Aldis and the world's heavyweight championship is important so you know who, who knows how much more prominent we're going to look back on 10 years from now this period you know seeing where the NWA goes from here I can only speak from personal experience on this. And like, uh, I, I watched TNA enough that like, I saw like a couple of the pay-per-views, like when they were, you know, only airing like once a month for like 15 bucks or something like that. Or maybe it was like once a week. I can't even remember. Anyway. Uh, one thing that's hugely different about 
that period and now for me, and I'm willing to like like Rob says I'm teachable of this. Maybe maybe I'm wrong, but I feel like the weight wasn't attached to the title at that time. Like the same amount of weight wasn't attached to it. I remember seeing the title. I remember it being on Jeff Jarrett's waist and like that being a thing, but it never, I don't think the reverence, like the same amount of reverence was given to it and the same amount of like history was behind it, like that carried it through that like, that like when I saw Billy Corgan take the NWA over and I saw Nick Aldis strap that thing on, I was like, I need to know everything there is to know about that belt. I need to know the history. I want to know this whole story. I, I want to, yeah. I want to get from where it started to where we are now. I, it, because it's that it just, it's bigger. It's bigger than all of this. And uh, I don't, I don't feel like TNA ever gave it that. Uh, right. I think that people that won it, you know, all the title holders probably in their own personal estimation could feel the weight because you're talking about guys like Raven and Jarrett who obviously respect the sport and respect what that belt meant. But they're, they're, in those days, a, a lot more attention seemed to be given to the X title. And uh, um, at least now, again, I, I'm thinking back, I haven't watched a lot of that. It's been a lot, it's been a long time, honestly. But I remember the X belt being the thing. That was the one. This was right during the Attitude Era. This is right during, ext you know, extreme wrestling. And so the X belt was the one that everybody was tuning in for. And, the, and it was almost like the NWO belt was a gimmick title. And and we can see this culminate in what happened. The the just the awful, just stain on wrestling history that happened when Shane Douglas acquired the title and uh, trashed it. Uh, and this is like kind of where that was going for so many years now i don't think that raven saw it going that way i don't think that jeff jarrett did or or, or killings or any of those guys aj styles or any of those guys saw it going that way but it seemed to me the way that story writing was going with with the nwa belt the world's championship having this almost this gimmick secondary role almost like a junior title to the x title um it seemed like a natural progression that at some point they would find a way to discard it. Now I've had spent some time with Shane Douglas. And I know that that's not how politically it played out, but you know, it, 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 it's not a far stretch to go from the way the title was treated and regarded uh, during those days to what happened with Shane Douglas. Uh, it's not that far of a stretch. Yeah. I, um, you know, and, and I see Roscoe and, and folks in the chat talking about uh, Andrew McKinney's in there and, uh, WWE front row, uh, the you know the, people like AJ Styles have have held that title and uh, and you mentioned Raven already, but that's cool. I like that history being there. I like that being part of the legacy of the title. Uh, and yeah, maybe uh, I think Roscoe said or Andrew said maybe Jarrett's legacy was more in a promoter than as the wrestler that that held it. But, uh, you know, for what it's worth, if you travel back to NWA 70, I mean, Aldis does give that respect. Uh, Jeff Jarrett did escort him as part of his entourage uh, to the ring, as I recall. So uh, Jeff Jarrett and Tim Storm were there and, and those people. So uh, it's acknowledged, at least. But, uh, yeah, I still feel like it's – I don't know. I feel like starting with All In, it became – another level 
like just a level like there was a unstoppable movement that happened right at all ed and the nwa was a centerpiece at that event so anyway that's my opinion uh roll it off of that one of my questions i had just if we were going to have a topic and uh and you guys let me know how you want to roll with like wrapping this thing whatever whatever uh people are still in the chat so we're still going so whatever you guys want to do but uh I was going to ask, like, is there a period of wrestling that uh, you wish you knew more about? That was that was something. Uh, like, for me personally, I wish I knew more about the wilderness years, for instance. Like, I, I would like to learn a lot more about what was going on in that time period with the NWA. I also would like to know more about late 70s wrestling, like the Harley Race time period uh I, I would like to i would like to dig into some more of that stuff because i know like people's names and that sort of thing but i don't i don't know quite enough and we've found that even some of the 80s stuff i was a wwe guy so you know like i i knew it because it was talked about at school but i lived in a rural area and i didn't have like access to everything so i would just go to school and listen to the stories we we uh i think talked about the black scorpion one day and uh just how it all sounded so cool to me and now i think that that story arc is looked back on with kind of like eh, black scorpion is kind of stupid it ended up being rick flair because something fell through or whatever but i didn't know any of that all i knew was how excited the kids were that i was talking to and they were telling me all about the black scorpion and they're like it took off his mouth. It was Ric Flair, <laughs> and uh, they were pumped. So anyway, uh, what is is there a period of time or like a, a section of wrestling history that you wish you knew more about, or that you're embarrassed you don't know enough about? I think I mean not necessarily that I I, I want to know more about. I I'm particularly interested in in the period, you know, the 80s and 90s, kind of the transition from you know, NWA to WCW. Um, and that was when I was a kid watching, but now that, now that I'm an adult and I understand the business more, and I know it's an un, unpopular opinion, uh, talk about, you know, the death of kayfabe and all that, but I would love to know more about the business side of things and that transition and, and not just the, the headlines of, of what went down and, and ownership changing and stuff like that, but like, you know, what was going on with talent? What was going on with the territories? How did that transition look? I, that's just something that's always kind of piqued my interest. Um, I see front row of the chat saying he wishes there was a last dance style series highlighting the NWA title. Sorry, I just thought that was interesting. That was a good good way of putting that, I think. Yeah. Um, I like, uh, uh, because so much of that stuff is accessible today, you know, it, pretty much if we, if we want to learn about the, transition from nwa to wcw we want to learn about the wilderness years a lot of that stuff is very easily accessible through youtube and whatnot what what's not as readily accessible is a lot of the stuff like you were saying gary during the during the territory days because there was so much there's so much volume out there um from i think billy owns the nwa owns the houston stuff but you gotta think man there was you know, you're, you're talking 20, 30, 40 different territories that all recognized the NWA World Championship and they and the traveling champion would go in there and they all had very compelling storylines. I've got 
somewhere in one of my boxes over here, I've got like the first run of in, Inside Wrestling magazine, you know, the first like 10 years of it from back in the 70s. And it's like, there are people in there that I've never even heard of that I feel like I should know. And I'd like to go back and see what was really, you know, what was really, who, what were the most vibrant territories? And uh, I like to delve into some of that Houston stuff. And uh, I really like to see, you know, outside of Ric Flair, Dusty Rhodes, Briscoe and Funk, who was Harley Race wrestling, you know, and, uh, and some of that stuff, because that was also, you know, if you read the Brian Solomon pro wrestling FAQ, by the time we get to that era, wrestling creativity is in full swing, man. You've got some great, great mythology being spun. You've got some great storytelling going on. You've got some great contests. I was always fascinated with like Billy Jack Haynes in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, I could only read about them in, in wrestling magazines. I could never see them, but I would always like to get more into that. So the territories, you know, uh, from I'd say 78 to about 84, I would like to know more about. Didn't even Aldis talk about that a little bit last week about how he, you know, like even the TV rights were kind of like iffy, like nobody really knows, like WWE's tried to get their hands around everything they could, but like even some of those are like, like, like with this purchase of the NWA, the Houston territory for instance was, it's like iffy, but it's like Billy and Legata have it sort of, but they're not sure. Like nobody, nobody really knows. And uh, that that's interesting, but uh, my, my my guess is that they're testing the waters with that. You know, they put out that one old episode, and uh, I guess they were just waiting to see if anybody started some shit. <laughs> so, oh, man. That was just fascinating, you know, to see Andre the Giant, you know, who who was just emerging as a who would eventually become like the best known name worldwide, even bigger than Hulk Hogan. But you know, he's one he's one dude that I never knew. Like I, I never like looking back now and I watched his uh was it a 30 for 30 they did on him or it was some it was, HBO uh, documentary. HBO. It was uh, I know what you're talking about, the Andre special. I don't think it was 30 for yeah, 30. Yeah. Yeah, said HBO. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so uh yeah, like you you watch back on that, but it, even that I think glosses over some of it. that guy was something else. Like he was everywhere and he was like i mean i don't know it's it's just like, i think it's hard to wrap your brain around like how much of an attraction somebody like that was uh back in the day to see and uh i just knew him you know andre he's part of my first wrestling memory like the first memory i have in general probably was him and hulk hogan but uh yeah. it, it just uh by that time he was already that was him winding down you know, like that's that's not even like Andre going full steam ahead. But anyway, I digress. Will, what did you have for us? Uh, well, mine's a little more um, like uh, not surface level, but but more rapid fire. What what is your biggest wrestling pet peeve? Think about it silently i guess <laughs> no i had to think of this one caught me off guard what is no i'll tell i'll tell i'll tell you mine to give you some context and, and I, I talk about this a lot and i don't know why this just gets me but it's when guys get thrown down and i'm not and i'm not criticizing like i understand it's a hard job and you're talking to three guys who have never been in the ring 
So I'm not trying to come from a place of, of, you know, superiority or, or being overly critical, but, but, but I say this because the guys who are like professionals, I don't see them doing this. The guys who are champions and that, that top tier, in my opinion, but when a guy gets thrown down and he's positioning himself to take a top rope spot um, and it's just very obvious that he's getting into position for some reason that that drives me crazy you guys know what i'm talking about like you know like get, if they scooch over yeah and it's like he just got slammed he's he's supposedly knocked out and then suddenly you see him kind of inching and pulling his legs over like to get in the perfect position for a frog splash or something it's just like i don't know man that that drives me crazy i know it's nitpicky but i don't know that's something I oh always well mean. i think i would I, I think i would sound like a, a jim cordette here if i said like uh I mean, I hate when people are like waiting outside the ring. Like they're just all grouped together, like in a bundle, like not fighting each other. They just all stop and they're just standing there waiting on somebody to dive onto them. I do hate that. I think that spot's always pointless. Like it's cool, it's spectacular, but give me Bret Hart diving through the middle rope to tackle somebody any day of the week, just out of nowhere. Like Bret Hart, that that was part of his repertoire. But every single time it happened, I'd be like, oh, holy crap. (laughs) It just, it took me off guard because he would just like come out of nowhere and just like he's diving through the middle rope and like taking somebody down. But, uh, and it wasn't every match. So it was just like, it was really cool when he did it. It was, it was serious. I don't know. I, I get sick of seeing like WWE matches where they're like standing or Stadium Stampede did it. It was notorious for it this time or like a couple of times there was one where like Nick, Nick Jackson was like running down the stadium stairs for some reason and then stopped, then jumped up on the rail, then jumped off onto people. And there was the one time they used the ring where like everybody was fighting and then they weren't fighting anymore and just waiting on like Sammy Guevara to jump off the top rope to the outside. I'm like, that's so, I don't know. It takes me out of it a little bit, but again, like you said, I'm not trying to judge. Um, uh, Natalia Martin's biggest pet peeve, by the way, is man panties. Oh, man. Has Natalia well, seen Aaron Stevens yet? Uh, I, I, coming around I, episode five or six? <laughs> I don't think so. I think I've shield, successfully shielded her up until now from that uh, image, but I don't know. She has seen Sammy Guevara, and uh, she was uh, a little worried that they were his his man panties were going to ride up a little too far. Uh, they're a little they're a little small he could probably go a size up uh, for me I, I and and you know will and i have kids uh um i don't mind characters being cartoonish a little bit i don't mind outrageous sticky dice being you know i don't mind coco beware i don't mind that kind of character development and and any of that but what I, what has always bothered me because i believe and Will hits on this all the time. You know, you have to differentiate between performance sport and wrestling entertainment. Um, what is what is this we're watching? For me, it's a sport. It's a, it's a performance sport where people compete and they hope to ride the ranks until they get a shot at the title, which is the pinnacle. And it should be under recognized rules that we all agree upon. And there should be a clear winner. And it should be as often as possible without gimmicks you know triple threat fatal four-way whatever it should be man versus man woman versus woman 
tag team versus tag team under, under gentlemen's rules for the belt. What I really hate more than anything in pro wrestling is when they do something silly that makes me suspend my belief in reality. Like when I see someone dematerialize, like with the broken Matt Hardy thing where he's vanishing from thing to thing. Or, or when Sting, even when Sting would like vanish, like, oh, he just dematerialized and now he appears in the ring. He's a, like, I'm supposed to suspend my belief in like the laws of physics to before that. You know what I mean? That that is, I, I hate that man. Or or when someone goes and kidnaps someone's daughter and crucifies them, or when they do. And I think uh, James Storm and Nick Aldis talked about this on the last episode. When someone murders somebody or tries to murder somebody, come on now, this is a performance sport. Don't stretch my my intelligence. Don't don't sus- make me suspend reality so much that that I no longer look at this as a sport. Because that's my attraction. If it's not a sport, I can go watch anything else and get that level of entertainment. I feel that with like the horseman go and break like Dusty's arm, that should be like the most ridiculous. Like, uh, I mean, that should be like, I mean, that's acceptable, but it should be like the, like these a-holes are taking it too far. Like this is as far out of, bounds as you could go you know but it's hard to come back for murder is what i'm saying like it's hard to accept you know or when you start telling the story of undertaker and kate and undertaker really lit kate and his daddy paul bearer on fire and uh then you're still supposed to accept undertaker as the good guy yeah and remember when when when, uh, the horseman did the whole dusty bit everybody thought that that was real man everybody like people were like gosh they're gonna file charges on these guys they just assaulted someone that's the nature back in those days and i think the nwa does this today too don't get me wrong uh more than anybody else but it was regarded like as a kid i thought i was in tears man i couldn't believe it it's like oh my gosh I just, i've never seen anything like that or when uh, nikita koloff is insulting magnum ta's mom and they 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 jump over the press conference table and start fighting to me that was completely believable I didn't have to, I, you know, we're seeing a bunch of thugs jump somebody in, in mafia-style fashion. We're not seeing somebody dematerialize and, and violate the laws of gravity and physics. Uh, to, to, it's just to me, that's what I can't stand, man. I can't, don't, don't insult me, you know. Yeah, there, so, we have and, 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 and Avenger movies for all that kind of stuff. But pro wrestling should be, should, you should at least pretend to be performance sport, spectator sport. Well, Gary's too too scared to uh, bring it up, but WWE Front Row brings up. What about the uh, the land of Mongrovia? You're you're okay believing in that? Uh, I am okay believing in the land of Mongrovia because it does not surprise me that there's somebody from a an exotic land that has a, a, a history shot in the past. Because I've been deployed to those places <laughs> as a soldier, so you know it it strikes me as completely uh, believable uh, that. Uh, you know, you have someone coming from the land of Mount Grovey, which is this land that exists on Earth, you know, that that has a, 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 a tradition and history strata and mystery. Mystery is not the same as defying the laws of logic and, and physics. So, it, you know, that's cool. And and again, you know, we've always kind of felt that Mongrovia was an analogy anyway. I'm just right. I, I totally agree with you. I was just uh, I was just trying to yeah. stir the pot. I was just thought thought you were going to ask me an analogy for what. 
Brian Lang, where do you post your? Uh, I see Brian Lang in the tr- chat. He said a little off topic, but he's drawing an NWA talent every day this month. Uh, he posted James Storm today, and I'm currently working on Eli Drake. I'll listen to the stream. Did you tag us? Because I, I I don't know if I saw that. I would like to see I, that. I think so I should... think I saw him on Twitter, and they're amazing. So okay, yeah. If you want to if you want to tag us in those, we will all make sure to repost that. Absolutely. Uh, I had a shallow one. I was just going to ask outside of the uh, World Heavyweight Championship, the real World Heavyweight Championship, the 10 pounds of gold, Sweet Charlotte, what is your favorite wrestling belt of all time? TV title, man. I said it earlier. I mean, I just, I don't know. I think I think because the TV title was so prevalent when I was a kid still, um, you know, in WCW and, and uh the the late nwa that transition and so you know the tv title it was kind of akin to the to the uh uh intercontinental belt in wwf you know where it was it was always the guy that was was a hard worker um obviously that was uh the case with with the enforcer my favorite of all time and so i i loved that belt there's just a, a history there that to me is right below the world's title i mean nothing will ever eclipse that i mean and and nothing should but the tv title to me was always just fascinating it had such such visibility it was defended so much and and it just it 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 felt important to me even though some people may not you know consider it um that important yeah um it's not to step on what rob's got going going on right but i will say uh since you mentioned it I, i'll throw in intercontinental was mine uh the intercontinental title was associated with like so many good wrestling memories for me um i, I talked about on the weekly show like as a kid uh, ultimate warrior was probably my favorite and my favorite as he was holding the intercontinental title and like feuds with ravishing rick rude and then going all the way through, like uh, when he went up to WrestleMania six, where he's facing Hulk Hogan as the intercontinental champion. I loved the intercontinental title more than the world title. Although I wing Eagle is one of my favorite world titles, but, um, but from there, like uh, guys like Tito and Kurt hitting and Bret Hart and Roddy Piper and like these feuds that all happened over the intercontinental title, like those were all uh, huge for me when I was growing up. I, I loved that title, David Boy Smith, another one. Just everybody who held it back then, like you said, it was the workers' title. It seemed like it just became like even with Stone Cold and Owen Hart, and all those guys. I always, I always, always dug the intercontinental title, and I was so stoked when I was still watching WWE and Cody brought it back, like the OG. Uh, intercontinental title and it's uh, sad to me now I think the new belt looks kind of cool but it's sad to me to lose that history like why Why you gotta change that stuff no I hate it unapologetically I hate the new belt well I'll accept that All right, Rob what you got over there buddy man I love uh, the 10 pounds of gold of course I agree with Will that uh, my second favorite belt is the TV title I love that nickel and red uh, I like the black the black leather. I prefer that to the red, but I'll take either. Actually, the copy that I have has the red leather. But almost tied with that belt is the beautiful AWA inmate title. This is the title that was held by Nick Bockwinkel, Rick Martell, and Stan Hansen. And uh, 
I, I like it. I, I just think it's cool. It was allegedly made in a prison, which is why it's called the inmate belt. And I, I'm going to defer to Jay Kaylee, uh, Jason Kaylee on my facts here. Uh, but from what I told that now, now K, Jay Cal hates the big gold. He calls it the big gold blob. But uh, I'm told that the reason Crockett went to that belt is because in those days it wasn't uncommon for flair or, or from the, for, for promotions like the AWA and the NWA to do cross-promotional events. And Flair, from time to time, might wrestle Rick Martell, who was the champion for so many years, or, or, or the other AWA champ, whoever it might be. And on one particular occasion, Flair wrestles Martell. Martell comes out with this belt, the inmate, and Flair comes out with Sweet Charlotte. And he goes back and says, look, I can't go. Look how much bigger their belt was. I can't go into a world championship match with this little Mickey Mouse belt against that. And so they retired the 10 pounds of gold and, and created big gold, uh, which was a mistake. But anyway, I love this belt. I love the AWA uh, next to the NWA. It's my favorite uh, great promotion of all time. I love Nick Bockwinkle, Vern Gagne, uh, Larry Zabisco, um, Jerry Lawler, all the talent that went through there, including Flair and Hogan, the Road Warriors. Um, you know, everybody who's anybody went through there before they went anywhere else. And uh, when I was growing up in, in, the, uh, in Georgia, we didn't really get a lot of WWF, ironically, because the AWA had an ESPN deal. We saw more AWA than we, than we did WWF. And so, um, anyway, I've always loved this particular version of the AWF title, the inmate belt. That is a cool looking belt. I, I will uh, give, let me give a uh, special uh, honorable mention to the uh, national title. I, the first time I saw it was just like, I don't know about this, but I honestly didn't know much about it. But if you look back on old photos of like Ric Flair with it and stuff, it's kind of cool, man. And, uh, and especially in the modern era, the, the person it looked the best on was James Storm. Like I look like, I thought James Storm just looked right with the national title. It looked really good on him. I envision it being somebody like James Storm or Trevor Murdoch, like making that title just shine. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I there's there's something cool about the uniqueness of it. All right. Well, that's that. I guess. <laughs> All right, if there's any other questions or anything you guys want to talk about in the chat, now's the time to do it. We're going to try to give it about 10 more minutes, I think, before we wrap this thing up, uh, if Rob lets yeah. us go. My girl, my girl, uh, leg, I saw your – what's that, Rob? Lobby is out. There's a lot of hate right now in the chat for Question Mark, and Lobby, who I think is brilliant, says, why all this hatred for Question Mark? Him and Aaron are the funniest thing ever. I'm with you, Lobby. I love Question Mark and Aaron Stevens, and, and they're going to be around for a long, long time. Long live the third-degree national champion who holds that belt that, uh, that uh, uh, Gary loves so much. So this may be a good um, conversation to table for maybe the weekly uh, this coming week or something, but we've, we've talked about it a little bit, but maybe, uh, maybe we do a deep dive into comedy and wrestling and our thoughts on it and um, – all, all of that we don't have to do that now just for time's sake but uh maybe we add that to the list for uh for the weekly this week and we cover that 
Yeah, I could say if you go back in the uh, NWA, uh, this is the NWA podcast episodes where we do the recap of NWA 70, uh, that comes up a lot. Uh, not only comedy, like, this is a good reason to like table it probably for then, but uh, we, we get into comedy and uh, just all kinds of other stuff because that NWA 70 show featured a lot of different facets of wrestling, I think. And uh, so, yeah, that could be an interesting discussion. Uh, I can see you'd get that with like the Aaron Stevens stuff. And uh, I mean, Cole Cabana, who's also a former national champion uh, and world's heavyweight champion. uh, There's another guy that has that aspect of him. Uh, All right, folks, now's the time. If you got anything else you want to talk about, we're uh, winding down here, but we are still here for your questions and topics of discussion if there's something that's just itching in your crawl that you got to get out. Uh, I think, I think you were about to, uh, before we were talking about that, to put over Brian, Brian Lang, he uh, posted his Instagram, his Instagram uh, handle in here is Brian Lang, L-A-N-G art, A-R-T, all one word. So go give him a follow. Um, I love, I love art. I'm a former graphic designer. And uh, so yeah, any art, these photos are the, this, Sorry, Will. Yeah, go ahead. I mean, any art supporting the NWA, I, I, I'm behind it. So go go give him a follow. Like every one of his pictures, first thing. Yeah, um, I, w- I would say I, I just looked at – he ta- he finally tagged us in the uh, photos, and uh, they are fantastic. That is some good stuff, Brian. Uh, I wish I had that kind of talent. While we're giving shout outs for artists and such, we should give a shout out to uh, Daniel Bards, Daniel J. Bards, who is, uh, he did our slinks of uh, me and Rob and Will. And uh, that guy's really good. He's a comic artist and writer. He's he's got like a series called like the Vatican or something like that. And uh, I'm interested to see it. He sent me two of his graphic novels. One is called Bloodstained Canvas which is about wrestling and I have not had a chance to check it out yet, but it's, it's one of my goals here for the next week. And uh, then also he sent me a horror one uh, due to my other podcast, but uh, check that guy out and definitely Brian Lang here because Brian is uh, killing it on this art. And uh, hopefully we can, uh, maybe we can help some of these talents like Thunder Rosa see this. Cause you get a really cool uh, drawing of Thunder Rosa there. I like that. Uh, what is Roscoe fired out, fired up about uh, heels and faces? Sissa doesn't believe in heels and baby faces. Man, that's probably a, uh, I don't know. I did not see PCO's last video with the pimp. I don't know if you guys saw that. I didn't see it, no. I think we've lost Rob for the rest of the evening. He's he's doing my normal lead. Yeah. <laughs> <And> he's, <laughs> he's like <laughs> Rob's over there. Guys, thank you so much. Everybody who's been in the chat this whole entire time, man. This has been a blast. Uh, if you haven't already and you're here, make sure you hit subscribe. That helps us out a lot. We're trying to build this channel and build this network and community. And uh, we love putting over people in the community. So uh, 
don't be afraid to tag us and stuff. If you're doing something related to the NWA and you want it to get out there, let us know because we're happy to do it. Like Brian's artwork there, man. That's that's good stuff that we like. We have a we have actually a whole show that is like dedicated to that kind of stuff. If you didn't catch it, uh, the first step or the latest episode posted this morning. Uh, this is the NWA Weekly. And uh, we literally, it's all about putting over the side projects and stuff that the talent are putting out and that you guys are putting out, like talent in the fan community, just uh, your old YouTube shows, your art, your writing, whatever's out there. Uh, so make sure to let us know anytime any of that stuff comes up. Uh, do you guys have anything to add before we wrap this thing up? Great show, uh, man. Yes. Enjoyed the interaction with the chat today. Enjoyed seeing Thunder Rosa. Uh, like like having the topics for discussion. Uh, Love the Tim Storm uh, programming today, man. That was exceeded my expectations. I like seeing Mama Storm. I love the match. The little bit of recap there. Uh, we love you guys out there in the community. Uh, thank you for your support. We're all here to elevate the National Wrestling Alliance, and we're in this with you guys. So uh, give us a like and a follow. Uh, share our content and. Uh, you know, like Gary said, we we won't hesitate to to follow you guys back and give you uh, give you shout outs and put you over to to the extent that we're able as well. Yeah, and just in that same uh, that same spirit, um, you know, I, I took a few days off from doing the daily daily show, but uh, trying to get that back going, and I and I really want it to be more interactive. Um, you know, it is daily kind of bite sized wrestling news content, but. If you guys have anything uh, newsworthy, any opinions you want to share, um, tweet at me at Hey It's Will with one L and just tag it with the uh, hey, you know, hashtag Hey It's Will daily. Uh, any questions, just comments or, you know, anything that you'd like to see open up for discussion, um, you know, throw that on there and. Uh, help me figure out what you guys want to hear about and um, what what's entertaining to you guys. It's really helpful. So um, obviously took tonight off to do this chat, but we'll be back tomorrow and um, covering some wrestling culture, wrestling news. And uh, so, yeah, excited about that. Yeah. Sorry, Will, you opened up Pandora's box. You started daily show. People are going to start looking for it. That's part of the deal. So I know. Uh, man. I know. But uh, no, everybody gets a break every once in a while, so it's okay. Just don't let it happen yet. But anyway, uh, no, we 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 love you guys, and I'm so grateful for Rob and Will. Uh, couldn't do this without them. They are uh, <laughs> sorry. I just got a text from Rob Stinson calling us a bunch of bitches because we're shutting down. I, I shouldn't expose that. I guess. <laughs> um. Anyway. But no, you, you in the chat, thank you so much. Seriously, you guys are the best. I love the topic ideas. I think we should do that every time now. Like, I think we should just like bring in like a cool, like just one off topic. And it doesn't even have to, it's just fun to just expand the discussion. I think that uh, gives us an opportunity to branch out. And you guys in the chat, uh, you guys, uh, you guys provided a lot of the discussion early on as we built up. And then, uh, and then, of course, you never know who's going to show up. Thunder Rosa this week, Nick Aldis last week, Dave Legata the week – no, J. Cal the week before, Dave Legata the week before that. Every – there's there's us three. You can count on us. But who knows who else is going to join us 
I can assure you that next week will probably be the same way. So uh, thank you guys so much for listening. I'm at this is Gary Horn. That's at R Stinson four at Hey It's Will, and of course the show is at the NWA Pod on everything. Make sure you hit subscribe. Make sure you give us a follow. All of that stuff. You guys have a good rest of your night. We love you, folks. Take care. I do not know how to end this.